Life's greatest questions have always been, who am I? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? You are about to hear one of the most significant messages given to us by the Cult of Touchy podcast network. Ishnuala, gentle beings, and welcome back to a rather sweaty episode of your favourite garishly coloured podcast, Talk Until the Joy is Gone. My name is Rooney, and I wouldn't say I'm the best thing to happen to podcasting since the USB microphone, but mostly because I prefer other people to do that for me. And here with me is the man, the myth, the urban legend about the creeper that likes to hide in the bushes and watch ladies eating cheese late at night. Will, I mean, sorry, Reggie. Oh, you keep getting confused. No, it's just, it's just you describe Will. <laughs> I mean, is he is he a cheese watcher too? I don't know, but I've heard many stories about Will creeping in bushes. <laughs> and I thought, as you are, the single greatest thing to happen to podcasting since the USB mic. Oh, thanks. You know, your That's description would be on point, but then you describe <laughs> Will, and I'm just, I'm lost. It's too hot for brain work today. It's, I'm warning you now, guys, okay? My notes were written last night when I was running on basically no sleep. And today in the studio, it's a, uh, a conservative guest puts it about a bajillion degrees. Yeah. We're yeah. sweating out of our eyeballs in here. So, you know, just know that we are suffering for your enjoyment. And if you hear anybody doing DIY, cooking, mowing the grass, <laughs> don't complain. Don't complain. Because we have to have the windows open. If we had the window shut, we'd be dead. Yeah. Basically, already. We've only been in here 10 minutes. I'm basically so. wearing no clothes right now, and I'm still sweating balls. So. I, did have a, I did have a vest on earlier, yeah. but then we had to go to the shops, and I was like, I don't... You know, I, oh, I yeah, I wouldn't, go, to a show. I wouldn't go anywhere other than, like, my car to your house. <laughs> <That's your car. laughs> I'll put a T-shirt on when I have to go and get my steps See, That's why I put a T-shirt on. I was like, yeah, and then I came back and brought my notes and I haven't had a chance to, like, change back into my vest or anything yet. For all the difference it would make in my jeans and combat boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I took one look at you before, I, as I as you the door, I was like... He is going to fucking sweat in his school shooter cosplay today. <laughs> No, I'm not even wearing my combats. These are jeans. Just head to toe black. <laughs> Most of my wardrobe is black. Leave me alone. This is really annoying because I love the summer, yeah. but I'm just not made for it. No. I can bust if I spend more than 10 minutes out in like direct sunlight, and all of my wardrobe is specifically designed to kill me. Yeah, I was looking at all my hoodies today, and I was just like, <laughs> oh, I'm not going to be able to wear a hoodie for months, am I? It <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Gonna have to actually, like, you know, watch what I eat, and <laughs> <laughs> I can't just put a hoodie on to cover this to cover it all the up. Disgrace, <laughs> disgrace. <laughs> but you know, uh, hi hum. At least it's not well. At least it's not thunderstorms. Yeah. Anyone following me on on Twitter will see me moaning about the lack of thunderstorms <laughs> because I literally scheduled my whole day yesterday around the fact that from two o'clock on Saturday, the tenth of June. The, the whole of Essex was going to be obliterated by the thunderstorm to end all thunderstorms. Yeah. What actually happened is we had glorious sunshine and blue skies and like temperatures topping out at like 30. I just don't think you can trust weather people or apps or <laughs> anything well, really. Normally, they, they, they at least get it in the ballpark. Yeah. But they were catastrophically wrong yesterday. And at the same time, they were forecasting it's going to be gloriously sunny and super hot, but it's also going to be a, a, a world-ending thunderstorm. 
It's like, you can't have both. And they just, do you think they're just like 24 hours late with their thunderstorm? And by the time we finish today, it's going to be like hell out there. Apparently tomorrow, it's been pushed back to tomorrow now. Oh, okay. Well, this morning, because yesterday they were like, no, rain, thunderstorm? No, no thunderstorms yeah. here. And then again, the Met Office have put out like an amber warning for thunderstorms tomorrow now. Oh, that's all right. All I've got is a job interview tomorrow. Aside from that, I don't I, 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 Yeah, I'm just in the office, so I don't care. I can run, I can do ev- well, everything else I can do if it's thunderstorm, and that's fine. You're going to get electrocuted and turned into, like... Lightning Man. <laughs> Lightning Man. Electro Runner Man. Yeah. <laughs> They'll just put you in a big hamster wheel, clamp some electrodes to your nipples, and you can power the national grid. <laughs> <laughs> That's your superpower. Sucks <laughs> to be you, bro. Fuck you, Russia. We don't need you anymore. We don't need your gas and oil, mate. we got super lightning running man. <laughs> North Sea gas drilling platforms. Get in the fucking sea. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, do you know who else can get in the sea whilst we're talking about it? I started watching Rebels. Oh, yeah. Chopper, the droid, get in the fucking sea. You don't like Chopper? Chopper is just as annoying to me as fucking Jar Jar Binks. Chopper is a psychopath. Chopper's just a dick. I can't stand Chopper. He I'm has in two little fucking arms. His little arms things that come out of his head. Oh, fuck off, Chopper, get in the sea. I've got, a little, I've got a little Chopper figure. I think he must be downstairs. Yes. Ridiculous. He's uh, somebody worked worked it out, and he has like the highest body count in the oh, probably, in the Star yeah. Wars universe because he's a fucking sociopath. Yeah, there's, there's one bit where he like cuts a thing or something, and it makes a platform fall, which destroys an, an entire base. There's other bits where he just literally pushes stormtroopers yeah. to their deaths and things. It's like, goddamn, Chopper is like R two with a with a mental problem. He's a droid. <laughs> I mean, they go to great lengths for Ezra to never kill anyone. Yes. But everyone else on that hero team is just murking motherfuckers. Yes, they don't count. They're the Empire. It's fine. And then someone's like, we can't kill any of these people. And then they're like, oh, fuck. Can't kill any of these people, except the ones that we did. <laughs> so I'm just over halfway through season two, and it's starting to become less of a chore. Yes. Yeah, it does get better. I don't know. Season one was a fucking chore. Season one a was chore a chore and a half. I was just watching it like it wasn't for you, Ash and Little Smithy. I tell you, <laughs> I would just turn this off and walk away right now. It, yeah, it is a it is a slog. I quite liked the grand the character of the Grand Inquisitor though. Which one? The one they kill in the season one, or the two that come in the in season two? No, the Grand Inquisitor, the one they kill in season one, the tall grey oh, yeah, guy yeah. who was in um, Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all right. He's pretty cool. Like, they're, they're, I'm not saying the whole thing is shit. It's just, I don't know, it's all a bit... Separate. Ezra's just a whiny little bitch. Ezra can get in the sea as well. Ezra and, doesn't improve. Well, at all, at any point. <laughs> well, as far as I've seen into it, which I think is up in like halfway through season four or something, he's still a whiny little well, bitch. There's only four seasons, right? So. Oh, there you go then. Yeah. He's a whiny little bitch. Just I thought for the duration. He, I, I expected him to have the same arc as Ahsoka, so by like season three, you're like... Do you know what? He's won me over. He's not that bad. Yeah. But. No. He's just one little bitch and really annoying. Like, Rex turned up and I was happy for about 30 <laughs> seconds and then I realised what I was watching and I stopped being happy. Ahsoka turns up and I'm like, yeah, this is good. Fulcrum. And then she fucks off for about four episodes. Yeah. And doesn't really do anything. No. Although she did actually fight off two Inquisitors yep, uh, in the last episode. Of yeah. She is pretty badass. Yeah. She's awesome. Like she's, she's Ahsoka. What'd you expect? Yeah. That? Like, There's some proper fan service in there as well, especially when you get later on. Yeah. Leia turned up at one point. Yeah. You've got various other, uh, lightsaber wielding people turn okay. up and do stuff as well. I, the end of season two, I think the, the final episode of season two is awesome. I think it's two part actually. 
That was pretty awesome. I, I kind of expected them to throw people in here and there, but... They, they save them. Yeah. They save them for, for key points in the oh, story. Okay. Um, who's that? Kanan's awesome. I thought he was really I good. like Kanan. Kanan Jarrus. Uh, there, there's a few episodes where him and Rex are just beefing, and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. They're both grown adults. <laughs> yeah, but it's in a show intended for children, so... Yeah, and that, I think, is why it's a chore, because... The show's got so much potential. Yes, but they tone it down And they so give much. me two-dimensional, shallow storylines yeah. where I'm like, oh, this is like watching it, a kid's cartoon. It did what Clone Wars did. Again, it grew up the older it got. Okay. But so it didn't get the full run that Clone Wars yeah. did, so it didn't grow up as much. But I felt Clone Wars had a good balance of... Because it wasn't just following one group of people. Yeah. So you had a good balance of like, oh, it's a Yoda episode. All right, I'll watch it the first time. Just because I'm a completist, <laughs> but every other time that I'm, I wa- I rewatch this, I will skip this. Yeah, one. there are some of them you can just skip over. Or it's a C3PO and R2D2 get themselves in trouble. Uh, it's like, okay, we'll skip that, yeah. and then we'll get back to like the ones where, like, you know, there are real stakes and yeah, like <laughs> not an episode of droids. Yeah, your heart breaks for like animated characters. Yeah. <laughs> At no point so far am I have I have they engaged me enough that I care enough about. <laughs> Yeah, I like Hera. Yeah, Hera's fucking awesome, um, and that and I like Kanan, and that's about where it ends. I like Zeb as well. Uh, he gets a good story arc when you find out more about him. Um, what, what's his name with the mutton chops? The Imperial, the ISB guy. Oh, um, Callus. Callus, yeah, which is a ridiculous name. Yeah, but it's then, like, come on, it's a little bit on the nose, guys. Yeah, but is it any more on the nose? Knows than uh, Savage. Savage, yeah. But oh. then when that when he's or Darth car- Maul, yeah. When 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 they were announced, people were like, "It's no wonder these people turn out so evil." When they've given names like yeah. Savage yeah. and Maul, it's yeah. like, yeah, no, maybe maybe if they had names like Friendly and Cuddle, yeah. they'd be well, they'd probably be rapists. And but you got Callus with the world's worst kind the of world's worst mutton chops. mutton chops with like angled bits. <laughs> yeah. oh. The first time they come on screen, the season one, I was just like. They hire some new character designers. They have some in they made some interesting uh stylistic and art choices yeah. on Rebels, which yeah. I going I went straight from watching Clone Wars into Rebels. And there's a big even though it's they're both CG, what's the difference? There is such a huge yeah. difference Clone between Wars the two. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Rebels and they, yeah, I don't like the lightsabers in Rebels. I don't like the lightsabers. I mean Sabine completely just changes. In one from one episode, like and begin towards oh, the God, beginning, yeah. her hair changes. She's redesigned her armor. Yeah, and there's no explanation for it. You're no. just supposed to assume because that kind of becomes a theme, but they never explain it. And no. that first time you do it, you're like, did someone else yeah. have responsibility for designing this CG model compared to the previous one? Because there's like no link there. Yeah, like <laughs> it's the same face. That's yeah. it. It's like, <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I guess she's just. Changing it up. Mixing up a bit, yeah. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'll finish all four seasons because I've started now. And yeah. I could have ignored the entire thing and just never watched it, but now I'm already in season two. I have to finish it. But, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed. In it. There's a lot of stuff that, that is now being called back yeah. in the new stuff, the live-action stuff I'm calling back. I do remember the first there. time I watched... Uh, uh, Obi Wan, I was yeah. like, "Who are these Inquisitors? Where the fuck are they from?" And someone yeah. was like, "Oh, they're in Rebels." And I was like, "Oh, that's why I don't get it." That's right. Yeah. And the more I'm stuff. watching it, the more I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I get, okay. 
what I can't figure out <laughs> is where the fuck Ahsoka is during the original trilogy. Although I did look it up online and I found this new theory or this new rumour that's out <laughs> that says that they're going to redo the original trilogy again for a new gen- generation and they're going to digitally put her in the background. Just going to put her in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like the special edition releases, the special special edition releases. Yeah, they're going to put like a soaker back in. They're actually going to make that guy that in Return of the Jedi that everyone thinks is Rex Rex. They're going to um, they're going to add in some more other characters. Like you're going to see Din Djarin in in the background <laughs> in the cantina. Stuff. Yeah, Mickey Mouse is going to uh, take over run in the cantina. No, let's not get carried away here. <laughs> it's, I know it's an online rumor, <laughs> but like we can't we, we can't be taking the piss of it. But yeah. What do you think? Would you go and see it at the cinema? Because apparently it's been it was billed as like every generation needs needs to be able to see this at the cinema. But every generation has different expectations, so they're going to do a, a new version for this generation. Are they going to they're going to replace the music with uh, some drill? <laughs> <laughs> Just going to have Jawa Dwill uh, Dwill Drill is going to be the. Uh... That's gonna be the soundtrack for the for you know to appeal to this new generation of Zoomers. <laughs> They're gonna get rid of what's his face in the cantina. Whose band is it? Oh, um, <laughs> the the modal nodes, yeah. and replace them. You can get <laughs> gonna get a drill group. <laughs> you get a drill group in there just spitting bare sick rhymes yeah. about life on Tatooine, the the mean streets of Mos Eisley, <laughs> <laughs> Mos Eisley McDees. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got that reference. Oh, God. So we'll see how that plays <laughs> so out. So we'll see how that plays out, because this is not a Star Wars episode. <laughs> Nor was last week. No, we just can't help ourselves. No. Oh, kind of, it's about, like, it's too hot for me to be sat there trying to think of other stuff to talk about. It's just, it's just well, what did I do what did this I, week? What did I do this week? I watched Rebels. I watched Rebels. Let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about that. I sweated a lot this week. <laughs> I was doing all right until, like, now. <laughs> I've Today been, I woke up sweating and I haven't stopped. I've been out running most days, walking to try and get all my steps in, try and get this summer body that I've never had before in any other summer. You're going for hot girl summer? Yeah. Um, I'm going for goth girl summer <laughs> where I hide under a lace parasol and uh, don't, yeah, don't do anything except drink. That's been every other summer. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Like I was driving here in my car and all the two minutes it took me to drive from my house to your house in the car, sweating. And I was thinking like, how did I survive working in kitchens on days like today? Yeah. Because I did <laughs> in my chef whites and my, I had to wear a hat and like I'd be stood over a grill cooking steaks in heat like this. And you, there's no air con, there's no opening windows. No. It's just stifling. And I was just sat in my car for two minutes, sweating, like, I don't know how I survived This is horrible. Yeah. I made the mistake earlier. We got in the car. We went, went over to that Lidl. And as soon as we walked to the door, the air conditioning hit us. And, yeah. it's, and you, we got comfortable. And so, yeah, this is great. And then you walk out onto the fucking tarmac, the big expanse of tarmac in broad daylight yeah. and just combust. Yeah. It was just horrible. It's not even worth putting the air conditioning on. Because by the time it actually like gets cold, well, you'd already be parked up and getting out of mm. the car. So it's just like, yeah, no, we'll just drive with the windows down and just sweat into my seats. I'm considering getting one of them hats with the built-in fans that just fan your face all day. <laughs> the neck fans are where it's at. Okay. You get those little ones that hang around your neck, the little fans there, and they blow up into your face, and apparently they're awesome. Don't you put fans inside your cosplay helmet? Yes. So 
Would it be called... Am I completely naive here? Or would it be called if you just put the helmet on with the fans on? <laughs> the reason we put the fans on is because on a regular so day, it's like this inside your helmet. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> it, but, does, it doesn't help them. Not really, no. no. You, you have your phone in your hand. Yeah, because I've realised just how low energy and low-key we both are. We are very low-key, very low energy today. I'm drinking, Sorry, guys. I'm drinking my super strong three spoonful of coffee, coffee, but it doesn't seem to be it's not working. waking me up. It's because you're just sweating it back out again. <laughs> so we're just going to move on. Let's move so, on to something that somebody else wrote. Yeah, which... Sus- oh. Good start, man. Good start. Blame the heat. <laughs> I'm oh, blaming... Yeah, we'll blame the heat for something you do every week. I'll blame the heat for everything right now. <laughs> Let me have some more coffee. That whole year one, it was really hot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's not my fault. It was just hot. It's hot. Uh, Which suspects executed for being evil are finally cleared of working for the devil? Oh. 12 men and women accused of witchcraft have been exonerated 370 years later thanks to history buffs and their descendants who fought for years for their innocence. A dozen men and women executed for being witches have been exonerated for their miscarriage of justice. Should have edited this one a bit better. <laughs> History buffs and descendants of people accused of witchcraft, 11 of who were executed, have fought for years to have their names cleared. Senators in Connecticut voted 33 to 1 in favour of a re- resolution that officially proclaims their innocence. Uh, what on earth was the one guy who voted not to exonerate them? problem like he probably still he's probably some right-wing gop senator who wants to continue burning women for being witches because they have ovaries if there's 34 of you and the other 33 people are voting yes like either you're an absolute dick that just doesn't want to give them what they want or you've got some real problems with something that happened for yeah you're either being malicious you're you're a real dick or you didn't understand the vote. I know we had uh, <laughs> yeah, probably he's American. Exactly. Yeah, I know we've got we had a witch finder general in this country, but and I know witchcraft kind of moved into the new world. Yeah, with we us. shipped it out. Did we also ship a witch finder over there? Uh, I I don't know because I think this one person's possibly like, possibly a descendant. Descendant. They're like, well, you're sticking up for your descendants. I'm going to stick up for mine. mine. Burn them all. <laughs> um, Boobies are magical. <laughs> Or <laughs> some shit. I don't know. It's it, hot. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> oh god. It's gonna be a great summer, guys. Yeah. No, I think we'll get used to it. It's just the first one. It's the, the first <laughs> hot day of the year. Yeah. Well, from now on, we're recording any hot episodes somewhere that has air conditioning. In your garden. My garden does not have air conditioning. Oh yeah. In your car. <laughs> we'll just we'll just sit in your car with the air con on. <laughs> it marked the culmination of years of effort by a group called CT Witch Trial Exoneration Project. What do I do? <laughs> Clearly, they've not got any hobbies or anything to do in their real life. If all they care about is right and wrong from 370 years ago, they've also clearly not got someone like me to come up with a better name for them. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, come on, guys. It needs to be a bit more snappy. It's no got to roll gonna... off the tongue. Yeah, like talk until the joy is gone. <laughs> it's almost poetic. <laughs> Some of the descendants recently learned through genealogy genealogy testing that they were related to the accused witches and have since lobbied the state's general assembly to officially clear their names people can say we're wasting our time this afternoon maybe we could be doing other things said (laughs) republican senator john kissel said co-host reggie solo (laughs) (laughs) acknowledging early criticism of their legislative effort but i think it's a small step to acknowledge our history and move forward together democrat republican men and women 
into a brighter future. All aside from that one guy, because that one guy's a dick. Yeah, that one guy's all right. He can get in the sea. (laughs) The resolution, which lists the nine women and two men who were executed, and the one woman who was convicted and given a reprieve, already passed the House of Representatives by a vote of 121 to 30. (laughs) Because it is a resolution, it does not require the governor's signature. Republican State Senator Rob Sampson cast the lone vote, the lone no vote on Thursday. He said it was wrong and childlike to suggest somehow we have a right to dictate what was right or wrong about periods in the past that we have no knowledge of. So we were spot on with that guy. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to see bills that rightfully or wrongfully attempt to paint America as a bad place with a bad history. Um, um. <laughs> you should start fighting the stuff that's going on now then because yeah. in 20 years, mate, the shit you're doing now, it's not a good look, buddy. I want us to focus on where we're going, which is a brighter and better future. <laughs> Unless you're in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> or just a Republican in general. Just any Republican. And I don't want to see anyone try and put a stain on the country that I love. Oh, buddy, take the blinkers off and the boot out of your mouth. Mate, millions of your brothers and sisters do that on a daily basis. <laughs> Instead of moaning about something insignificant like this, maybe worry a bit more about school shootings. All those millions of uneducated vote, uneducated people that voted for Trump and the right wing first. <laughs> Sorry, I, I actually wrote that in there. You myself. actually wrote that in yeah. there? So you could do some editing on this article. Yeah. <laughs> I educated my judgments. <laughs> uh, advocates of the resolution argued it is important to raise public awareness about the witch trials in Connecticut which occurred decades before the infamous Salem witch trials in Massachusetts. It's important to right the wrongs of the past so we learn from them and move on and not repeat those mistakes, said Joshua Hutchinson of Prescott Valley, Arizona, who traced his ancestry to accused witches in Salem and is the host of the Thou Shall Not Suffer, the Witch Trial podcast. So... Really, he's doing this to promote. He's doing this for his podcast. This is a real. This is a promo idea that got out of hand. Senator Saud Anwar, a Democrat who advocated for the resolution on behalf of a constituent who learned he was a descendant of a witch accuser, said lawmakers heard testimony during the public hearing process about witch trials still happening around the world, including in African countries, and in need to draw attention to the problem. It's relevant even to this time as well. Typical American that thinks that, like, you know, even though their country's down the toilet right now, they should be policing other countries. They're still, like, yeah, morally policing other countries. It's like, yes, okay, they have witch trials. But have they made it illegal to, like, have an abortion? No. Right. (laughs) Are they uh, scapegoating drug yeah, because they're all scared of their sexuality. No, no. is there com- are their countries more divided than ever over bullshit politics? No, did their previous president just get indicted for high treason? No, <laughs> there's a few things you you know you should look in the mirror before you start trying to police yeah. the world. America people in those glass houses don't want to be throwing stones. Uh, do you believe this makes any difference to anyone other than those people with nothing to do but fight for the rights of people who don't care anymore? Wow! Sorry, I wrote. I, I did. I did all this prep a few weeks ago, and I was clearly in a bad mood. Yeah, you gave zero fucks at this point. I, it's a nice gesture. I know Scotland did something a few years back. They basically, um, what's the what's the the thing where you declare someone innocent? Got a legal term. I, I, they basically overturned every witchcraft yeah. um, trial 
result, or all the all the ones where they found them guilty, were overturned in a single act of parliament, um, and they erected a memorial stone to all the people that were were murdered effectively as a result of the witch hunts, um, which was an, which it's a nice gesture, and it's kind of like. I like it when they do that, especially when a country does it. It's like, look, we're acknowledging this was a bad thing that we did. Kind of answering another question I got. So do you think they will exonerate the other 49,988 people we executed for being witches? No. <laughs> because this is one state. Sorry, I'm, I must have... I must have been reading my second question and then come back to the conversation. <laughs> I thought that you just said that they just passed the law. <laughs> exonerate animal. So sorry. So you can continue with your, with your original point. Well, yeah, Scotland exonerated everyone. Oh, Scotland did. Scotland okay. did. Yeah. Oh, of course. Scots are the greatest. I got a, a new celebrity crush, and she's Scottish. So. Is it? Is it thingy Sturgeon? Oh, Nicola, <laughs> Nicola Sturgeon. Sturgeon. No, she got just just got pipped to the post. Just by got this pipped. Stand up comedian named Fern Brady. Fern, if you like Taiji, please get in touch. You're fucking hot. Reggie is simping for. Uh, it's like a comedian now. How she, things change. She was on House of Games the other week. You couldn't. You did not see anybody more <laughs> obsessed with her winning than me. Just screaming <laughs> at the TV screen like, "Go on, Fern! Come on, girl!" <laughs> oh, she's funny and she's hot. I'm like, well, I don't need any more than that. <laughs> but back to your question. Um, yeah, sorry, Scotland exonerated. It's, it's a nice. It's a nice acknowledgement. Yeah. It would be nice if the US did it at a federal level, but they won't because there are way too many people in America mm. who still believe that those witches deserve to be burned at the stake for whatever reasons. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't... And like Matey said there, oh, we shouldn't be doing things that, that paint us in a bad light. It's like, mate, this 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 is not something that would do that. It's acknowledgement that you did a bad thing. Mate. You now recognise that was bad. That is growth Let me tell you, as a British person, <laughs> I think you should be more ashamed of pharma companies like Purdue that basically just made billions filling your country with fucking opioid drugs that they knew were <laughs> addictive, right? You've got a whole crisis going on in your country right now with people taking fucking opioid pills and you're worried about how exonerating a few people that were... Um, falsely accused falsely of being accused in league with being the fucking devil is going to make your country look bad like <laughs> i i don't need to get into the rest of it just go you I know i mean that's that, that's like fucking um, being upset that that someone yeah you know, that's like oh yeah they're in they're in league with the easter bunny they were murdered for being in league with the easter bunny but the easter bunny doesn't exist yeah yeah we know that now so we're going to ex- exonerate them you know post mortem yeah. okay yeah that makes sense because you know saying they're in league with a fictional character doesn't make any sense and makes us look really fucking daft if we still believe it in 2023 since the precedent has been set the historical cases of injustice are getting put right now do you think america are going to give uh, reparations to all the, pe- all the people affected by slavery <laughs> or do you yeah, th- i heard that or, or do you think they'll finally bring the police officers that killed george, george floyd to justice or do they only care about correcting history for white folks? Uh, yeah, no, I heard they're gonna they're gonna give the reparations uh, and bring in those police officers uh, the day after they pay the reparations to all the Native Americans they murdered when they invaded. All right, that was us. <laughs> <laughs> Same difference. Let's stick to slavery. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was us too. <laughs> Crap. Crap. <laughs> they're like they're kind of like um, you know the the portrait of of Dorian Gray. Mm. Yeah, we are Dorian Gray. They are our portrait because we're kind of like, oh no, no, no. we're we're like, we put a good fresh face on it. We don't, no, we don't like slavery. We're not racist, you know. 
we uh, we don't like murdering indigenous populations anymore. Sorry, um, sorry, Australia. Sorry, Australia. But I mean, <laughs> Australia as we know it wouldn't exist. So you know, yeah. it would just be the the Aborigines just doing their own thing and yeah, living just happily. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> being happy, and... just being happy and, and doing their thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, sorry Aborigines. <laughs> Sorry, Australian natives. Um, and then you got like America, who's just like, yeah, look, look, we killed all of these locals. Like, guys, that's not a good thing. I've got a bumper sticker on my truck. <laughs> it's, oh, for fuck's sake, guys. Do you know, like, as a kid, when I would watch like cowboy films, mm-hmm. cowboy and Indian films, I was like, you know, go get them Indians. Go get them Indians. <laughs> and then I hit teenage years and I was like, oh, hang on. So they're us. And they're just killing the indigenous people. They're just people. killing the people that live there when they're at home. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I could never watch a cowboy film ever again. They're monsters. <laughs> yeah. Read, read about the Trail of Tears. Oh, God. It's like <laughs> the gammons all like think Churchill was the greatest thing since sliced bread, but. Hey, he was a nice piece of work. None of them, are, like, and don't get me wrong, I am so thankful that Churchill did what he did during World War Two. But don't ever look into his history before World War Two because he is despicable. He was that's it, he was a nasty piece of work. Yeah. Anyone that wasn't English, as far as he was concerned, was subhuman. Yeah. And yeah, he, he made that a, quite public. <laughs> he was basically a Nazi. Yeah. He was a, a fat white Nazi. Yeah. He was a nasty piece of work. But you know. Anyway, we're we're very um not not quite preachy. I gotta start like you know prepping for very the episodes like on the, on the weekends I'm doing them because I prepped for this two weeks ago and I was just you a, were fucking on one mate in a troll mood. Um, <laughs> Next, quick. Yeah, time traveler. Time traveler. Hat, Hat man claims he goes back in time to re-eat as much food as he can. <laughs> what? A time traveling oddity called Hat Man. Picture of Hat Man for you. Okay, right, yeah. Sleeveless hoodie, fisherman hat, standard. Bucket hat, yeah. A time-travelling oddity called Hat Man. Aren't oddities normally, like, you know... Curios. Oh, I'm just thinking, like, you know, anything but human beings. Generally, yeah. You don't generally refer to a human as an oddity. I couldn't couldn't think of the word inanimate. Yeah. Inanimate objects are... Oddities, right? Yeah. Human beings. Okay. <laughs> a time traveling oddity called Hatman has written a more than two thousand word epitaph in which he claims he has been training himself to time travel for the last thirteen years. Oh Lord. A bloke. <laughs> oh God, is this fucking lad Bible? No, Daily Star. What Daily I Star. everything I bring is from the Daily Star. Just remember that. <laughs> Are we sponsored by them yet? Because we fucking should be. No, but as I was explaining to Warren the other day, Warren sent me something that we're going to be using next time we sit down with Ash. And he was like, um, you can find this find this article better written in other places, but I took the Daily Star version because I know you love it. <laughs> and I was like, well, we've got to be pal- palatable to the masses. If I bring in like a Guardian version of this in, half of our listeners aren't going to understand what we're True, we have to make we have to lower ourselves to the common man. Yeah, so I have to come right down to the lowest <laughs> common denominator. Which would be the sun, and then I'd take one step up, and then we're at day to Oh, yeah, because no one wants yeah. to read the fucking sun. A bloke called Hatman, who calls himself a time traveller, has claimed he travels back in time so that he can re-eat all of his food. The very odd claim was made in one of Facebook's largest time travel groups. Ugh. Known only by his strange nickname, Hatman, <laughs> wrote a more than 2,000 epic all about his time travel exploits. 
In it, he states that he has been training myself for 13 living years and has gone into the future as well as the past. He claims in an oddly worded ramble, (laughs) I may seemingly not change with time, but I see and hear all from my tall tower, from my old position in time and space, which I always kept in front, shielding, shielding all from knowing where I went during the time. I've con- <laughs> he I've, was on drugs. I've consist no because I've written stuff on drugs and I can still write sentences that make sense. Yeah, he was on different drugs clearly. <laughs> I've consistently kept training myself as a grown timeline life, so paracetamols don't count as drugs. Because <laughs> if they don't, I've never written anything on. No, drugs. no, okay. Um, I've consistently kept training myself as a growing timeline life. Every teach and training session from the future to the past eventually sinking in with the training sessions gone from time, yet well known. The the training takes full effect as my timeline ages onward to receive more training from myself, yet again in the same places in time where the last. Can you believe this? No. All caps. And I've been hidden time training myself for 13, 11 years. It's like this. If you ate food in the past, after an amount of time flow, you can re-eat everything again and stack yourself good and hide it for you to grow bigger and stronger. <laughs> hat man, who is literally wearing a bucket hat in his Facebook profile picture, snapped in the toilet mirror, has a history of claiming he is a time traveller. However, he has never once told of anything that happens in the future in order to provide a form of evidence <laughs> to back up his claims. His latest rant also claims that he made a contract with the atoms of his 19-year-old self. He added, I know my atoms got smart because I wrote up a contract with my 19-year-old self's atoms to rebuild me long after I'm dead or in a thousand years. The night I dreamt the future of reincarnating and beyond in fast forward seemingly. Oh, hang on, let me. This is hard enough to read it. The night I dreamt the future of reincarnating and beyond in fast forward seemingly and the next day i had screens up of copy aliens pretending to be life one life two life three and so on question one does any of that make sense it's literally my question no no it doesn't that man was on some some good drugs at the time if you could time travel what would you do that is probably a bit more beneficial to you and everyone else than just re-eating all the food you've ever eaten I mean, I would probably go back and re-eat some of the food I've eaten because some of it was really good. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> that's another question, so we'll get to that. Um, what would I do instead of that? I would probably, there are some financial things I would do differently so that right now I would be minted. Oh, snap. I like, would, the first time you bought Bitcoin, I'll, <laughs> I would follow. I, I was talking about this at work the other day. <laughs> you and told me the other week and I'm just like, oh. My I, God. Had, I had an email Way, way, way back when, when the first digital currencies were, were you know, basically coming into being, and basically it was from somebody, it was from Bitcoin, and yeah. they were like, "Hey, you know, you signed up." It was something I was signed up to at the time, and they were like, "You know, we're running this special offer to introduce our new digital currency," and they explained what digital currency was, and they had a video and all that shit in there, um, and it was selling at some stupidly low price, and I was like, "Yeah, right, whatever. I've already got PayPal, mate," and just <laughs> deleted it because yeah. I didn't really understand what it was and i obviously didn't know what it was going to do 
But if I had done then, if I'd have just dropped just a couple of hundred quid, yeah, you'd be fucking. I'd have sold it a few years back, and I'd have I'd be retired, yeah. and I'd be fucking minted right now. So that's probably the first thing I would do. Uh, I would have probably gone back and made the choice to be straight edge at around sixteen, <laughs> through to like my mid thirties. I'd have convinced nineteen-year-old me to start going to the gym or doing regular exercise. Yes, yeah, snap! I would have because uh, that would have Bitcoin. I'd be like a sexy Elon Musk right now. I would. I'd go back and tell my <clears throat> twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old self, Ash is going to become one of your best friends. <laughs> don't worry. Like, don't, <laughs> don't be over, don't be overwhelmed and anxious about not being able to. You know, hold your own in a conversation with him. Like that, that won't change, yeah. but he won't care. Yeah. You two are gonna like, you know, bond and he's gonna be important. So just stick with it. More so than I actually did. Uh one of the most stupid things, I remember going on holiday down to like Devon or something somewhere when I was probably eighteen, if that. And we went to there was this you know like the proper antiques, holding the wall antique shop. Yeah. It was in like a converted railway barn or something. The, the really good ones. And they had a big old barrel there full of swords. Like actual steel swords of varying ages and stuff. And they were all like 15 quid. Yeah. And I looked at them and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Don't want to spend 15 quid on a sword oh, though. No. Now I would just go, yeah. right, take all of my money. Yeah. Here's 150 <laughs> quid, I'm taking 10. You know, right. it, it really wouldn't have been... You know, most of them were probably reproductions yeah. or just generic shit that was probably worth more than the 15 quid but yeah. you know but i just it recurs to it occurs to me you know when you wake up at like 4 a.m yeah. and all your regrets from your life that one features in the top 10 regrets of my life i would stupid. <laughs> back when i first started working full-time and i had bare peas <laughs> and i was spending 100 pound a week in virgin yeah. <laughs> With you on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. I probably would have said to myself that in the future, like, it's all cool that you've got, like, the world's best, like, CD, vinyl, DVD. <laughs> like, but the world is going to change. And, and you that can will all have be useless. All of that on a mobile phone that fits in your pocket. <laughs> so just save this money and go traveling. Yeah. Like, oh, you're, God, yeah. you can go traveling for a year, take Rooney with you. So that you can restart your band when you come back and they won't. <laughs> <laughs> they won't have replaced you. Yeah. And then, because that was the only, the only reason I never went traveling back then when I really wanted to was because I'd already started a band. And I was like, well, <laughs> I go traveling, of, they'll, they'll get a proper of, guitarist. Yeah. Well, not that, because <laughs> I was like, they won't have another guitarist. They won't invite someone else to be in the band other than me. <laughs> you saw how it, how it worked out with a homeless guy. Yeah, like, no, that's true. But, like, just take Rooney, take Dal, go travelling for a year. <laughs> just because I believe if the three of us had gone travelling, like in our late teens, early 20s, yeah, our perspectives for the rest of our 20s would have been shifted. Oh, and gotcha. and they would have been, it would have been so much better. Yeah. Like, we would have had such more fruitful lives if we'd just gone and done that for a year. <laughs> Rather and, than just blowing all our money in Virgin. And then... Like just hanging out, being like, "Oh, girls don't like us." Girls don't like us. I think 
like once you go traveling and you're traveling around the world with other people that are traveling they're a lot quicker to like you know sleep with someone and they're never gonna they're see never it again. gonna see it again yeah getting over that initial hump of us like standing in nightclubs going look we're in a nightclub yeah we're really drunk they're playing the macarena we need to find the women we're going to marry and spend our lives with yeah that's that was not gonna happen but we didn't realize that at the time and just traveling changes your perspective yeah anyway like you're like the more you travel, the more you see the world, the more understanding and compassionate, empathetic you yeah. become because you can see all these other cultures that haven't got it as good as you and you come home with a different perspective. So I think everything would have shifted. Yeah. And it's the one thing I I really regret is not going travelling then. Yeah. When I was young to just young I could just do anything I wanted, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um aside from that, like my last question. Is there anything you've eaten that you would travel through time to eat again? <laughs> like Hatman. <laughs> like Hatman. If I had a time machine, it, I could travel anywhere in my time machine. There are certain places in the world that I've been and eaten food that was fucking unforgettable mm. that I would go because it would be cheaper to do time yeah. traveling than it would then to just like getting on a plane and flying yeah fly to new york to go and eat at the smith again no if i can time travel i just try and travel back to that trip and just eat there every day i i do have one and it's a completely point it's a completely stupid example but it was it was very very subjective yeah. i was on holiday i'd got horrendous heat stroke okay um i Got massively sunburned, got heat stroke. We'd only been in the country like two fucking days. I get heat stroke every time I leave the country. I was I was be- then bedridden for like another two or three days. Yeah. Um, towards the end of like the third day, I was finally able to get up. I wasn't vomiting or dizzy or passing out. I was able to get up and I felt human again. And we, the hotel we were staying, I was with my parents. This is how long ago it yeah. was. And the hotel we were staying in right next door was the Spanish equivalent of a greasy calf oh, okay. that basically catered to all the English people yeah. that wanted to eat something different. Um, so they had like tapas and various other local delicacies, but they also had a massive English menu. Yeah, We went in there and you know, my dad's like, oh, let's get some of this. We'll try some of that. I, like, I got a chip butty and I shit you not. It is the one of the best things I've ever eaten. Probably because the first thing you're eating. In it was the first thing I'd eaten in three days, and it was the first time I could taste anything and didn't immediately vomit, yeah. sort of thing. So it just was spect. It was fucking heavenly. It was ambrosia. I mean, it was probably just cheap bread, chips, and butter from the fucking yeah. local cash and carry. But it was the best thing I think I've probably ever eaten. There's things that I would go back in time not to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go back in time to the time I went to Egypt, and I would have just started buy eat at McDonald's every day rather than try, <laughs> oh, yeah. try to eat the local food and lose a day and a half of my holiday. Yeah, you had a bad time. Yeah. Uh, I'd go back when I'd go back to the time we were in New York and we were at this restaurant in Times Square where they did all the singing and dancing mm. and I ordered chicken and waffles and I would have just chosen any other thing on the menu because I that like chicken, chicken and waffles, waffles. fucking disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there, there are things I'd go back in time not to eat. <laughs> And but I and there are some places that I would go back in time to eat again, but I could just as easily, you know, travel there and eat them. I'd go back to that time um, when I was visiting Amy in Cambridge, and we went to McDonald's, um, and I got oh, you got food poisoning after every sex. (laughs) I got food poisoning, had sex, and then was like, we were going for round two, and I had to stop because I was like, I'm gonna vomit. 
and I went pale and basically collapsed on the bed. And then I went down to the toilets and I would go back to every trip I've ever had to Florida and put on more suntan lotion. Yes. So, <laughs> so I could maximize them like five days that I missed up like through heat stroke. <laughs> I nearly, I nearly passed out in uh, Disneyland once when I went there. I was where I, I, this was, this is how early like Vampire LaRooney started developing. Yeah. There we are. We're, we're stood watching the, the fucking midday parade down the main street. Um, and I'm stood there dressed head to toe in black in the Florida heat, yeah. like midsummer. And uh, yeah, apparently I just started wobbling and went very pale yeah. and I had to be carried into a, like a fucking one nearby restaurants to, to cool down. Yeah. I would go back to Epcot. That was good fun. <laughs> and not order the turkey legs. Because they're fucking horrible. Yeah, turkey drumsticks. What the fuck, people? They're, they're the giant ones that, that make you make you look like you're in the Flintstones. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're so turkey drumsticks, got... and they're just not good. No, it was horrible. You see everyone with them, and you go, "Oh, that doesn't look too bad, actually. I, I could try that." And you take one bite, and you're like, "No, mate. nah, bro." Good. <laughs> so yeah, I'd go and unorder them. Um, I'd go back to Epcot actually, and the same time as unordering them, I wouldn't get on that space flight. <laughs> Simulator that made me puke. Um, yeah, but you could do that for every ride you've ever been on. Yeah, there's a lot of rides that I could go back. You go back on, and just whoa! Go on, don't yeah. do it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> I remember at the, over at the town park that time where you oh, went yeah. on the spinny round thing, and then, mate, you, <laughs> and then like I had to go around the back to vomit everywhere. Yeah, I'd go back to my younger self and be like, "You and roller coasters. By the time you hit about." puberty they're gonna stop being fun and they're gonna fuck they're you up gonna make yeah. you really ill yeah <laughs> how long have we been going oh not long enough mate not for, long. for like oh, fucking hell don't forget we had that big gap at the minute at the beginning yeah. only about 40 minutes okay uh i mean i do have a lot i do have a fair bit on the actual film this week aliens already visited planet earth they captured extraterrestrials at dud finds. <gasps> Gary Nolan, a professor of pathology at Stanford University in California. That's one of them good universities. That's a good university, and that's a proper title as well. Not only believes extraterrestrials have made it to Earth, but they have remained. Having examined around 100 patients, most of whom have worked in the aerospace industry or are government defence personnel, Gary is confident that life from elsewhere in the universe is, exists among us. There's never been any scientific evidence of alien life on Earth, but Gary believes that they may be concealed in their existence so as to avoid coming to harm. Gary said he is 100% sure that extraterrestrials have visited planet Earth and are still here. After studying the brains of pilots who have, been, who have reported seeing a strange object in the sky, he told someone online rag in 2021, if, you have, if you've ever looked at an MRI of somebody with multiple sclerosis, there's something called white matter di disease. It's scarring. It's a big white blob or multiple white blobs scattered throughout the MRI. It's essentially dead tissue where the immune system has attacked the brain. That's because the closest thing that you could come to if you wanted to look at a snapshot from one of these individuals. That's probably the, cl that's probably the closest <laughs> thing that you could come to if you wanted to look at a snapshot from one of, from one of these individuals. You can pr pretty quickly see that there's something wrong. Gary believes that the aliens could be using advanced technology to observe life on Earth from a safe distance. They haven't just visited. They've been here for a long time, and they're still here, he added. 
Think like that. If you wanted to study a tribe of can cannibals in the middle of the Amazon, would you go into the tribe yourself? If you have advanced intelligence, you wouldn't risk your life and limbs by coming here. I think the UFOs that we have seen and captured are some kind of drones or objects with advanced artificial intelligence. Um, don't know what that's got to do with white matter disease, but yeah, where's where's yeah. the link? We push on. An extensive report on UFO activity is due to be published in the summer, according to Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Someone else that needs you to All name something for him. Anomaly Resolution. Arrow. A A R O. A A R O. Arrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, uh, people call it Arrow. He explained to the Senate Armed Services Subcommittee on Emerging Threats and Capabilities. <laughs> SAS. <laughs> Earlier this year, the UAPs are unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, there is no definitive evidence of alien activity or intelligent life elsewhere in the universe. Over 650 cases of reported UFOs are categorised into common aircraft like planes, but those don't fit into these categories. Ah, but those that don't fit into these categories are marked by the location they are found. Are they attached to a national security area? Does it show some anomalous phenom phenomenology? That's of interest, Dr. Kirkpatrick said. If it's just a <laughs> spherical thing that's just floating around with the wind and there's no payload, that's less important than something with a payload on it. And that's less important than something that's manoeuvring. Of the 650 cases, Dr. Kirkpatrick said that 52% of UFOs are spheres. Do you think anything of note will be released in this UFO report coming this summer? Sorry, I should have I should have been more discerning when I read that article originally. By the sounds of it, no, it doesn't sound like there'll be anything of any interest released in that because the guy writing it has already made up his mind beforehand. It's like, oh, they're just spheres. I don't think this guy's writing it. I think... He's waiting, I think the Didn't they already come out? I don't know. Because I know UFO Twitter has been blowing up lately. Yeah, they've been. There's a lot of high-ranked people that yeah. are now coming out and being like, "No, no, yeah. no we've got them." Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 a thing. Yeah, I know UFO Twitter is is very vociferous at the moment yeah. about themselves and UFOs. So I assumed that had already come out, but there might be some interesting things in I, there. I think there's like a high-level person from the UFO research department in uh, the Pentagon that's mm. come forward and been like, look, I've lived with these secrets for ages and we, uh, they have been here. We do have some rah, rah, rah. Yeah. And I think everybody's like, well, look, because of his job and his title and everything else. And I look at him and they're like, I, because of his job and his title, yeah. I'm not sure. It's much like the other week when we talked about the British guy. Yeah. Like, when the guy's invested in there being something yeah. to justify what he's been doing for the last X amount of if years. If he was like high-level Pentagon, but had nothing to do with UFOs, but come out and was just like, look, I've seen the documents, then I would believe it more. Yeah, yeah. But when it's someone come out and that's basically their life's work, yeah. you're like, well, they have a, whether they whether they admit it or not, they have a vested interest in that being real because otherwise yeah. they've wasted yeah. their career. <laughs> do you believe aliens live among us? I would like Bearing to say mind, yes. Like it could just be stupid people, an insect that has come to Earth inside a meteor. Yeah, they don't have like to that. be, you know, bipedal. Yeah, 
humanoids. They could be they could be slime living at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, or or something that's just been brought to Earth by a meteor. Yeah, something yeah. that's yeah. I I could I could believe that you know yeah. alien microbes or whatever yeah. sat somewhere. That yeah, that actual... makes sense. Actual fully sentient aliens living among us? No. Hypothetically speaking, yeah. If they are living among us, why do you think they're here? Right, I have. I have. I I tend to discount the whole. Um, you know, they're 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 observing us for scientific purposes because, as we know, as science, not like us personally, but humanity, we have science scientists, and when we're investigating uh, mice, yeah. when we're doing research on mice, you don't just go into the mouse cage, cut open a mouse, screw its organs around, and then fly away well, home. I'm sure. I'm sure there were, yeah, in the early days there were dissections and stuff, but how long have cattle mutilations and, and the like been going on on Earth? Yeah, but a cattle mutilation might not just be about. I don't believe that they. I don't believe be that they are. They would eating. take the cow and they would dissect it. Yeah. They would take a human and they would dissect it. They wouldn't just slash it open in the field, especially if they're so worried about keeping secret and hidden from yeah. us. Um, I think humanity, or what I think Earth is actually, if it in, in on a galactic scale, it's a backwater. Oh, absolutely! That nobody care, knows or even cares about. Earth is the brockles made of this universe. <laughs> that's a local. That's a local area for local people. Um, Unless it's a local hood for local <laughs> hoodlums. Hoodlums. <laughs> local hood rats. Um, yeah, I think Earth is like this backwater. Yeah. And if there are aliens here living among us they are doing so either because they're on the run or because they're they're refugees or something like that i don't think they choose to be here i think they're here because they have to be because whatever their planet's been invaded invaded by the zorcons and they're refugees so they're hiding here or the space police are after them after that heist they pulled on blogob 9 and they're having to hide here you know it's like when you run down to Rio and you, you adopt a yeah. new identity. This is this is like a shitty Rio. Or you move to Monaco so you don't have to pay tax. You know? <laughs> yeah, but you've got to be rich to do that. Yeah. And Monaco's a nice place. Yeah. I know, because we saw it in Iron Man too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the closest either one of us has got to Monaco. Has got to Monaco, yeah. One day, though. Well, there was a day trip. I remember one year I could I could go on a day trip to Monaco, but it was horrendously expensive. Yeah, and like when I looked online, people were like, "Don't do it. You won't even be able to afford lunch there." Yeah, it's probably the same reason that I keep bringing the prices up at Disneyland. It's like too many people want to come. Let's just price the majority of price them, them out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so when are we going over to Disneyland to uh, claim squatters' rights on the uh, Star Wars hotel? Oh, because uh... they're shutting it down because nobody's going oh, because really? it's five thousand pound. It's five thousand pound a night or something. It's something obscene like that for this room. And yeah, don't get me wrong. It's the 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 star star cruiser, Galactic Star Lines, or something like that. And basically, from the moment you walk through the door, you are immersed in in the Star Wars universe. You're on board this Star Liner, and all the the cast that are there are playing their characters, and they oh, check okay. you in in character and everything, and the rooms and all that. So it's kind. Of, it's like one of them. What, like one of them horror maze yes. things where all the people, but they're not trying to scare you. They're just no, trying they're to trying to make you believe you're in Star Wars, and you meet. They have characters coming and all that. Oh, why can't we be global superstars now? That's the thing. If we were mega rich now, we would be doing that. But I, That's what I, I figure is, for my birthday, we go over there like the day after they close it. We sneak in. <laughs> squatters' rights. We yeah. and after X amount of time, I assume they have some equivalent of squatters' rights in in America. 
I don't know. Maybe we should look that up. Lawyers, get in touch. I don't know. We'll be all right. We're white. The police will just, you know, arrest us. They won't just shoot us. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I don't want to be arrested either. <laughs> I can avoid it. I've seen those Americans. Um, I'll use a t- I'll. <laughs> I'll use a word over two syllables long. They'll claim I'm a witch and they'll be shipping me out to Connecticut for matey to burn me. Don't got it. I don't understand what this man's saying, but he's not talking right. He ain't talking no proper English. <laughs> like what we do. When you're in my country, boy, you speak my language. You hear? <laughs> I don't know why he turns into I say, I say, I say, boy, I'm a foghorn leghorn. Working for the local police department. Suddenly, we've left Florida. We're in Texas. We're in Texas. <laughs> it's because the Florida accent's boring. I can't do any accents. This is just, just, just a typical American accent. Darn, darn it, ma. It's much more fun to do redneck accents yeah. and, and make sure. everyone into Foghorn Leghorn or uh, the, the sheriff from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our cultural references of that years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh more. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know they're still relevant because America yeah. they stopped going forward sometime around ninety five. They're now going backwards. Yeah. So pretty so we're soon, kind of like mid seventies at the moment. Yeah. yeah. So Foghorn Leghorn is still a very timely <laughs> yeah. reference. It's about to make a major comeback. <laughs> we're gonna make a big comeback. Ron DeSantis, that's going to be his fucking uh, mascot next for his year. presidential election run. Next year, TikTok superstar. <laughs> Fuck home, that kind of. I say, I say, boy. Everyone else in the world is just like, ca- hashtag cancelled. Florida is just like, oh, fuck on. <laughs> Florida man gets hard over fuck on, neck on. <laughs> Florida man changes his name legally to fuck on, neck on. What's the Florida of the UK? Oh, um, oh, I don't know, actually. I saw a meme the other day that said, following the words Florida, man, you could pretty much write anything you want and it's believable. And it's believable, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's the Florida of Is the there UK? Is Florida of the UK? I mean, there must be. Birmingham. Birmingham. Birmingham, man. <laughs> Sorry, Birmingham. Birmingham, man. He's curry and says, oh, British food. It's brilliant. <laughs> Best in the world, mate. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why he's a fucking gammon from the East End defending yeah. a, taking a holiday from defending a statue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're offended by any of this, fuck off, I guess. Know, like, this brings, like, we're talking about statues in London, reminds me of Boudicca. Like, <laughs> which reminds me of a question I wanted to pose the other day. At which point in British history did women stop being equal? Because I've been watching a lot of these history programs, as we all know. And if you go back to like the days of Boudicca, yeah, when the Romans first come here, Boudicca was a queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brigantes had a queen, and uh, she's got some name that's Cartamandua. Oh yeah. But around that time, like all the a lot of the tribes were equal, mm. and women could be queens; they could rule the tribes and stuff. But then, at some point in the British history. Women, men took over and were like, no, you stay in the kitchen. Post-Rome. Is it post-Rome? Post-Rome, yeah. You look at, because they were all like the, the, the Celtic tribes while, and what have yeah, you. Yeah, but even while Rome was here, Cartamandua was still in charge. Yeah, but then eventually 
I think men realised, oh, wait, so we could be in charge and we wouldn't have these people telling us what to do. I could be in charge. You've got the typical fucking men's rights yeah. activists from way back when. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, yeah, but, but I don't like being told what to do. So if I, if it's only men can do it, I can do it. It turns out it wasn't because yeah. it would be a different man that did yeah. it. But, yeah, I, I, I what it, I know of British history. I thought it probably was around the time that, like, society started building houses became more commonplace yeah because at that point you could you could be like no that's your room the kitchen i'm gonna go out and make the money <laughs> and with you know the earning of money came power and then- by the way i would just like to say men of the world particularly those of the past who set this power dynamic what the fucking hell were you thinking yes they you you set up a dynamic where you had to go out early every fucking day, work with a bunch of cunts you don't like, doing the job you hate, to bring home money to be spent on other people and shit you don't care about, when you could have just gone, no, no, you go to work, dear. Oh I'll God. stay at home. Yeah. I could have this house looking... If I that's all I did all day, I'd have this house looking spick and span oh, mate, in the first, I, first two hours. I'd be a great house husband. Oh, fucking... I love basically am now. I love cleaning. I don't like leaving the house. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? I would make someone... A great house husband. Yeah, absolutely. fucking lutely So thanks, guys, for fucking that up for us. Yeah. Pricks. I just... It, I was Getting like, angry is very, very warm, yeah, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's tiring. It's making me sweat more. I was just like, when did that occur? Like, when did women stop being, like, equal and able to, you know, run it, be the queen of an entire tribe and suddenly just became, like, you know, a baby-making machine? Blame Caesar. Caesar? Yeah. It's oh, his big name. He's got broad shoulders. He can oh, take okay. it. He's Fuck got a salad Caesar. named Art. A salad and a birthing method named after him. You can't eat that salad. Those kind of in. I wouldn't know. I don't eat salad. Oh, it's, it's in the Caesar sauce is kind of in. Is it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Never had Caesar sauce. Oh, Normally it's served on a salad. <laughs> I could probably deal with the anchovies depending on how much there is in the there. The rest of the salad's fine. I, I, don't, I love lettuce. I love parmesan cheese. I love croutons. I just can't get my head around so any sauce containing anchovies, even though you won't taste the anchovies, they're just in there as seasoning. I because I know they're in there, I can't eat it. <laughs> well, there we go. You now have our views on uh, Caesar salad this dressing. This has got to be one of the most lackluster intros we've it's, done. In it's all time. over the place. <laughs> I mean, we've had three three articles that normally we'd have we'd have done a good like hour and a half on. Just like. We've we've barely made a fucking hour, and we're just right. like, no, let's just get onto the film because as soon as we discuss the film, we can go home. Yeah, or get out of this room. So, do you want to tell our unlucky listeners <laughs> what we um, watched this week? Guys? We decided this week we would mix things up and uh, watch another Marvel film. <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry, like, we got let down a couple of weeks in a row, and it screwed our entire. It's it screwed schedule. up our fucking schedule. So, we've had to go Marvel two weeks in a row, but. This week, we watched Civil War. We watched a, a dark and gritty Marvel film rather yeah. than the fun, enjoyable Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. And we watched a film that made me angry this time around. Oh. Yeah. So we'll you, get into that. Yeah. Because there's a lot to get through. <laughs> I got... Yeah. I mean, I can jump to a conclusion on what got you angry. <laughs> but let's just wait until we... Yeah. You, you, we really need my passive-aggressive notes yeah. <laughs> to fully appreciate it. I've got to do something next week. I can't do another lackluster episode. So, if it's hot like this, we're going somewhere with air conditioning. So, 
The film was released on the 6th of May, 2016. I see you doing the maths. Old, yeah. yeah. So I was trying to swallow my water and do maths. <laughs> he nearly drowned. Yeah. Uh, had a budget of 250 million US dollars. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it's, what, 100 million more than Ant-Man? I mean, yeah. Most of that probably went on wages. Yeah, the wages for all them stars, they're travelling all over the world. To yeah, they go to a lot of different locations. <laughs> and then special effects. Special effects up the wazoo. Yeah. The box office, 1.153 billion US dollars. It was worth paying the wages. Yes, really that's a frankly insulting amount of money. If you want a example of spend money to make money. Right there. Right there, because that's, that's absurd. Yeah. Uh, directed by Joe and Anthony Russo. Yes. Based on Captain America by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Produced by, obviously, Kevin Feige. Yeah. But, uh, pardon me, I've got some of the touching gas there. Yeah. Oh, Tasty Detrito. Um, <laughs> starring, and this is a hell of a, a, hell of a fucking uh, cast list. Oh, I'll be back next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Renner, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Rudd, Emily Van Camp, Marissa Tomei, Tom Holland, Frank Grillo, Martin Freeman, William Hurt, and Daniel Brawl. I'm probably mispronouncing that surname, but yeah. What a cast. I mean, that's a hell of a fucking... We haven't seen a cast list like that since the last Avengers film. You say that, right? You list the entire cast, and all I can think about is just like, Paul Rudd and Tom Holland. <laughs> and we'll get to why later, but I'm just like, you can pretty much get rid of the rest of them. Just, <laughs> just put them to Just watch those two. They yeah. need a buddy comedy. Yeah. Um, oh, Spider-Man buddy comedy. I wasn't even thinking about I, Spider-Man. Just like Paul Rudd and Tom Holland, just doing like like Tom Holland is a is a, a like a like a Boba Django situation. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. he's like a, and he's trying to teach him. Imagine Paul Rudd trying to teach Tom Tom Holland life lessons that he's learned. Because <laughs> we all know that Paul Rudd is basically eternal at this point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Tom Holland hasn't aged since he was sixteen. Yeah, since he first appeared in the MCU. <laughs> Maybe it's the MCU. Maybe once you enter the MCU, it's like time just stops. I don't know, because Robert Downey Jr., yeah, he's he, definitely aged. He did a lot of drugs back yeah, in true. the day, so true. We'll, we'll put it down to that. We'll put it down to the drugs. <laughs> this is the second film I've watched this week that contains Chris Evans and was directed by the Russo brothers. What was the other one? It's on Netflix right now. It's called The Grey Man. Loads of people have told me to go and watch that. I'm going to put it on the list because I watched it and I've already enjoyed it. Not necessarily sure it's your kind of film, but it's got Chris Evans playing a bad guy. I'm, I'm not has. sure my brain can handle yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, that's why I put off watching it. <laughs> it's worth watching just to see Chris Evans be the complete antithesis of Captain America. Have you seen uh, Knives Out? No, that's got him in it, but it's made by Ryan Johnson in it, and I don't it want is. to support Ryan Johnson in it anyway. We watched it, Amy and I finally sat down and watched it the other week. And it's a really good Everyone film. Everyone keeps telling me it's really good. It and, I, and I quite like Daniel Craig and he's in it. I know. Yeah, it's got a really good cast as well. Yeah, but I don't... Like, see, I'm not that... As I've said many and many times on Touchy, <laughs> I'm not the guy to go online and complain about stuff. I just won't support whoever yeah. it is or give them my money or or my one extra watch on a stream. Oh, but, I'll, I'll download it for you from a completely legitimate source. Because then I have to watch it on my phone. So I'll, I, I will... <laughs> 
I will forget my ethics and go and watch it because I have been told a million times. It is, it's a, it is a good film, yeah. Okay. Um, the day before filming a fight scene with Robert Downey Jr., Sebastian Stan sent him a video of himself doing intense bicep curls in front of the decap- decapitated head of an Iron Man suit. The attached message said, looking forward to our scene tomorrow, Robert. Love that. <laughs> That's brilliant, isn't it? And, and RDJ seems like the guy, a kind of guy who's got like the sense of humour that would yes. just look at that and be like, ha you, you get the impression from from reading about what these guys were like on set that yeah. a lot of them... are really good friends. Yeah. They're not just there for the immense paycheck. Like, they actually got to know each other. They got to know each other, them. and yeah, a lot of them have come out of this being really yeah. good friends. I mean, um, I deny it. Like, from my perspective of, you know, being here in Harlow in, in the UK <laughs> and nowhere near him in real life, I, don't, I doubt there's a person on the planet that wouldn't become friends with RDJ that, like that. Yeah, I get the impression he's a very easy person. Him and Chris Evans. Both yeah. Of them, yeah, Chris Evans is just a really nice guy, apparently. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. is a lot like Tony Stark yeah. in that he can put anyone at their ease yeah. and make friends with anyone, which must be nice. We need him on this podcast. Well, that's what like, we have Ash for. He yeah. is our RDJ. <laughs> Ash is our RDJ. Yeah. Everyone loves Ash. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's more popular than us. I'm getting a bit worried. <laughs> if he cared, he could run. He could him and his swollen finger could do their own podcast. <laughs> um, Until we tell the world he got a swollen finger from fingering you. <laughs> Sabotage. Oh god, I made one joke so far in this episode, and it was <laughs> it was about you and I. It was a sex joke about me and Ash. Wow, the bar, ladies and gentlemen, has been set. Um, no CGI was used during the highway chasing when Bucky commandeers a moving motorcycle from under its rider. The whole stunt was practical. That's fucking awesome. I, because I, I looked at it last night, I was like, that looks really cool. And then yeah. I was like, wait, didn't I have a note about that? And when I checked, I was like, holy fuck, that is incredible. That is incredible, <laughs> comes think about it, yeah. It's like, it just, and then he flips it around yeah. 180 degrees and just hops on it. And it's like, but how? It was a stunt, man, right? It wasn't. Sebastian Stan. I, I assume, yeah. yeah, I assume it was. I mean, called as Sebastian Stan apparently is, I yeah. don't think. <laughs> um, Tom Holland commented on how intimidated he was when he came to screen test for Spider-Man, saying that Robert Downey Jr. took him aside and said, listen, I remember my screen test for Iron Man. I remember how terrified I was. Just think of it as an audition. It's nothing too scary. If you get it wrong, we'll just start again. No pressure. Which again, just again, feeds yeah. into RDJ's like fucking... Perception as being the, the nice guy at the MCU. Well, the friendly guy at the MCU. I saw a reel the other day. It was um, Tom Holland's doing like press for a film. Yeah. He's, he's sat there in front of the, the poster doing the interview and his phone starts ringing and he apologises and he, and he picks it up and it's Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> who's just making fun of him because he's like on the phone during an, an interview. So like then it switches to RDJs in doing the same kind of thing, like, <laughs> a, a later time. And then Tom Holland calls him up and starts making fun of him. <laughs> I was just like, I just need them both in my life. Uh, yeah, can yeah. you imagine having a famous friends like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Hiddleston. That was the name we were trying to think of yeah. the other day. Obviously, he plays Loki. Uh, Tom Hiddleston confessed that even though he did not appear in the film, it contained one of his favourite moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Brace yourself, guys. Um, this These next, like... Two or three notes get really fanboy over Captain America, and I think there are several notes referring to this particular scene. Okay. Because it's it's the scene sort of thing. 
he confessed that it contains his favorite, one of his favorite moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the helicopter scene. Mm. He enthused. I mean, Chris Evans does a bicep curl with a helicopter. If you don't love that, we can't be friends. The shot of Cap holding the helicopter and the railing must be like porn to some women. Oh, it's pretty much porn to me, mate. (laughs) Jesus. I was like, that is just the way it's everything about it, the way it's framed. And it's just like, all right, that's for the So glad you like that because uh, we're going to get some deep cuts. You've you've lost the squishy skull, haven't you? Mm, Yeah, sorry, I don't need it. I think it's behind the proton pack. I've got a bolt. There's not many rooms in the world where you can say, yeah, the squishy skull fell behind the proton pack. Yeah. Um, Co-director Joe Russo said that the most powerful shot of the film, in that's his words, yeah. was Steve Rogers stopping a helicopter from taking off with his bare hands. The shot was featured in the first uh, teaser trailer for the movie. Russo said Chris Evans worked very hard in the gym to physically embody the character because they wanted to test the limits of Steve's physical strength. About the shot itself, he noted, on set we had Chris straining against a crane holding the helicopter to get this fantastic shot of his muscles bulging, and you can feel the energy and determination as he tries to stop it. Chris Evans said of the famous helicopter shot, that was really my arm, and you know what? I took a page out of Anthony Mackie's book. When we were doing Avengers Age of Ultron, for certain scenes, I worked out just before the take, but there were a bunch of scenes where I was the only one out of the cast doing it, and I'd be embarrassed and feel ashamed. So I didn't do it that often, and when we started Civil War, and Mackie has no shame, before each take, Mackie's just curling weights non-stop. And I thought, yeah, what are you doing, Chris? Just curl some weights. Who cares? I'm not going to worry about 20 people judging me, as opposed to 200 million people seeing that scene forever. So before the helicopter scene, I lifted a lot of weights to get pumped. It's not like I woke up and I looked like that. That was me lifting weight for hours on end prior to filming that scene. There certainly was a lot of pressure. I was fully, aw- fully aware of what they wanted that shot to be. I wanted that shot to be great too. And it was. It's it's an awesome, awesome shot. As soon as it gets up on the like finger thingy runs up to the helicopter, I'm like, this is it, here it comes, here it comes. I I have more notes about it somewhere. The shot is just the way it's framed and everything, as I said before, is just beautiful. Where what part it plays in the story Mm. is even better because yes. he's not just there for no reason. He's there because he's trying to save his friend. Yeah, he's literally he's not trying to stop a bad guy. Like yeah. what we normally see Cap doing. He's trying to save a friend. Yeah. And it's just like, like so he's just like. Rrr. Not only does he look better than any other man on the planet. Yeah. Not only has he made every female that ever lays eyes on this film wet. <laughs> like he's doing it for his friend. He's yeah. being honourable as well. He's doing it for his bro, man. Yeah. <laughs> I tried that for you, but both my arms are getting ripped out of the sockets. Out of the sockets <laughs> yeah. Uh, T'Challa had a much smaller role in the earlier drafts and did not even appear in costume, as the writers intended to put more focus on Spider-Man and save Black Panther's origin for his own movie. I'm going to use this note now because I, I think it really just going to... What's the word I'm looking for? Give context to everything else I say from now on. <laughs> I'm five minutes in, and yet again, I feel like I'm watching a Marvel film for the first time. <laughs> so saying that, my only real... I obviously saw this film before mm. at the cinema. My only real recollection of it is the bit that everyone remembers, which is the airport fight, right? Yes. I forgot that Black Panther played such a big part in it because <laughs> I thought he just turned up for the fight. <laughs> I forgot that we actually meet Spider-Man in New York before... Yeah before thingy but as soon as it happens i'm like oh yeah because oh, he's, course, yeah. he's macking on on our mate oh, yeah but i completely forgot that existed like there are so many parts of this film like especially 
basically everything aside from <laughs> that fight at the airport that I'm like, wow, this is like watching it again for the first time. It's I think so this good. is like the third or fourth time I've yeah. seen this film. So, because I'm a Captain America fanboy. <laughs> well, I saw what comes next today when I was rewatching this film. And it remind that kind of gave me some context of where I was at the time, <laughs> which was I'd lost interest in the Marvel films. Like yeah. I think that's why the last few we've done, I'm like, start watching them for the so first time. The first time because I didn't really care the first time around. Yeah, because I saw them at the cinema just to say, just so I, I knew what was going yeah. on. But what's next is Doctor Strange, and I remember not seeing that oh, till God, yeah. like a good year after it came out because I watched it on TV for the first time. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, I'm so over Marvel, but I'm bored. There's fuck all else to watch. Oh, I'll give it a go. And I remember walking away from that like, fucking hell, that was incredible. Doctor Strange is good. Really yeah. good film. It's and really I think good. that reignited my love. But <laughs> everything up till Doctor Strange, I was like, well, I've seen it. I don't I've seen see it. it yeah. But this um, film is incredible. So, yeah, it was originally more focused on Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Black Panther was going to get his own movie. However... At one point, it looked like Marvel wouldn't be getting permission to use Spider-Man in the film. Ah. So Black Panther's role was beefed up significantly. Yeah. By the time they did get to use Spider-Man, T'Challa had already become so integral to the story that they decided to leave his role as it was and effectively give Spider-Man the yeah, smaller, smaller role. role yeah. uh, Tony Stark remarks how attractive Aunt May is. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei had a re- relationship back in the 1990s oh. and appeared in two films together, Chaplin and Only You. I didn't know that. Yeah, so they're uh, they're exes. Yeah, that's one thing that must be so bizarre. I mean, in in the real world, yeah, you generally split up with someone, yeah, and in most situations, you never have to see them again. Yeah, you you don't interact with them, and if you do, it's incredibly fucking awkward, and you keep your distance. Yeah, can you imagine being in somewhere like Hollywood where you're with someone, you split up, and then a couple of years down the line, yeah. you end up being cast opposite them in a film or something. And the only, like, Robert Downey Jr. is basically the face of Marvel. Yeah. He's get, they've backed the fucking 10 money trucks up to his yeah. at this point. So he can't get out of doing this film, right? Only thing he can do is basically call the producer and be like, don't cast her. Cast someone else. Cast someone else. But that is the ultimate dick move, right? Yeah, oh God, yeah. So you just have to, like, I imagine he's fine because he's, just Robert that Downey guy, Jr. right? <laughs> but for most mortals, you just have to just turn up at daylight. Like, I don't want to do this. This is why I've I've worked in several places where there have been relationships between two colleagues oh, yeah, in I'll the workplace, yeah. and I I saw one of them break down, and the two of them basically wouldn't talk to each other. It was quite a small company; they were in different departments, but you know it was still awkward as fuck. Yeah, and I've worked at other places where it's like. Yeah, your teams work so closely together that if you split up, yeah. even if it's under the best terms, this is not only going to be hella uncomfortable for you two, but everybody else around you. It's just a bat. Don't shit where you eat, guys. Yeah, I have held that rule for basically my entire working life. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you get feelings for people you work with and you're like, fuck, anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I told you, man, it's never going to happen. Um, the movie re- revealed that Bucky Barnes had been hiding out in Bucharest, which is the capital of Romania. Where are my dogs from? Um, Sebastian Stan is a Romanian-American actor who was born in Constanta, Romania, and raised there until he was eight. In the first scene set in, set in Bucharest, Bucky is buying fruits from a street market. 
Stan's native language is Romanian, and therefore he spoke it perfectly. I didn't know that. That was brilliant. Yeah. I do have a question, though. Why are the German special forces coming for the Winter Soldier in Bucharest? In Bucharest. I don't know. Maybe they had an extradition. Maybe they've got an extradition agreement with... Yeah, um, but... Because he did the attack the in Berlin. No, no, no. No. The bomb blows up in, in Vienna, in Austria. And I know Austria yeah. and German are basically incestuous, but... Surely Austria got their own special forces that could have gone to That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. It makes no sense to me. Oh, yeah, I, I hadn't tweaked to that. I don't know. Oh. That's very bizarre. That's a question for the Russo brothers. That's a question for, the, that's a question for our listeners. Marcus and McFeely, tell us. <laughs> um, what a name, McFeely. McFeely. Like, if you, if you were ever going to, like, accuse anybody of, like, sexual harassment, right? <laughs> it's, it's... If, if I had a child and my surname was, was McFeely, <laughs> McFeely. His, his, his first name would be Hans. <laughs> <laughs> Hans McFeely. Or Little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one scene shows Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, being boosted by an arrow from Hawkeye, played by Jeremy Renner. This is taken directly from the comics, specifically The Avengers number 223. Which I think I've actually seen online. Um, when wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, sorry, I was got, drinking while you were doing that. Um, got, there's a line. I'm good. I'm good, Arrow Guy. Arrow Guy, yes. <laughs> I love this because it's totally Scott Lang. Yeah. And because he's new to to the whole Avengers thing, <laughs> like there's every chance he doesn't actually know what they're called. Now he just knows him as Clint. Just, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. That, that's what hit me in that moment was, A, it's funny. But B, there's an attention to detail because yeah. in a lot of other films, they would have just been like, oh, you would have just called him um, Hawkeye. Hawkeye. And you're like, oh, would he? Would, would he? he? Are they on that kind of? Yeah. But everyone, but it would have been easier to just be like, oh, just fucking call yeah, him. Yeah, he's Hawkeye. literally been on the team for like yeah. 20 minutes at that point. But and here they've got enough attention to detail to, for him to like not use their name. Yes. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, pardon me. Uh, when production of the film wrapped, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie raced each other while in their superhero suits. Brilliant. Uh, Spider-Man was very nearly removed from the film, as Sony Pictures originally rejected Marvel's proposal to allow them a cut of the profit if they could pull Spider-Man over. Despite the disappointment, uh, dis- uh, fuck's sake, despite the disappointment over the financial returns and critical reception of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 2014... Yeah the Sony Corporation was still planning to expand their own Spider-Man universe yeah. with a Sinister Six spin-off film, Venom, which obviously came out in 2018, and The Amazing Spider-Man 3. However, when the latter fell through, after Sony parted ways with Spider-Man performer Andrew Garfield, they decided to renegotiate a deal with Marvel again. Yeah, of course they did. Because it's kind of like, no, no, we're going to do our own thing. And then Andrew Garfield was like, people hate my Spider-Man. I'm off, guys. Is there... If you're sat in that Sony office, right, on the board... And Marvel have done everything up to this point, right? So everything up to Ant Man, mm. they've made billions. They've changed the face of cinema. Yeah. For the next what, maybe five, ten, fifteen years? We don't know how long yet. We don't know yet. We're still in the middle of it, but they've changed cinema yeah. enough that Scorsese <laughs> and all these old, <laughs> all old white motherfuckers are out there going, "It's not real cinema." It's not real cinema. Is there anything? any possible way you would sit there and go, no, let's do it ourselves. Or would you just go fucking just negotiate, cha-ching, just let them have it? I mean, sensibly, you would sit there and go, no, let's do it. I can't help but wonder if there was some backroom pressure 
Because don't forget, Sony is, Sony is a Japanese company. Yeah. And in Japan, they're fucking enormous. Yeah. So yeah, they right. have that weight. And that, and that, that it's possibly that possible that some of the execs there were like, no, no, we don't care about the MCU. We'll do our own thing. We can do that. You may have had the American execs sat there going, fucking no, we can't. Yeah. Get, take the money. Give them Spider-Man. Um, that's what I think happened. Because like you say, there's no sensible there fucking is, reason to say no. No logical reason aside from... We think we could probably get five to ten percent more of the box office yeah. or the overall um, profits because Marvel would would just on a roll. At this oh point. God, yeah! You just be like one point five, one point one five three billion US dollars. Yeah. What Spider Man fucking film has ever come close to that? I'm sure if we sat here right now and added up all of the grosses for all of the Sony Spider Man films up to this point, yeah. They, Probably they still lower. Yeah, I don't think they even come close to that. No, because that's 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 stupid money. That's that's mega money. It's like it was a Marvel character. Just give it back. Just let Marvel just have give it. it back. To, just take your percentage. Yeah, and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I mean, it's interesting they mentioned Venom. Venom's a really good film. I haven't seen it. The reason Venom is a really good film is because they basically copied Marvel. Yeah. Okay. They made uh, they made a, a Spider-Man spin-off film that could have come straight from the MCU, oh, okay. which is why it works, because that's what people want. You make a comic book film, that's the sort of comic book film people want to see. DC tried. DC were like, oh, Marvel doing a whole universe where everyone, <laughs> everything's connected. Yeah, but they, they tried. <laughs> they took the idea, but not the execution. Yeah. Sony copied Marvel's execution, oh, okay. which is, so it looks like, cinematically, it looks like a Marvel film. Oh, okay. It's got that tone and that look to it. So people, a lot of people, I think, went into it assuming... Well, if they knew Venom's a Marvel character, they assume it's an MCU yeah. one. It's not until it, you know, you see the Sony thing come yeah, up. And you're like, like, oh, oh okay. okay. But yeah, that's a good film because it's basically made to look like part of the MCU. Oh, okay. Which they didn't do with, well, I mean, obviously the MCU didn't exist. Well, it did actually because the last yeah. Spider Man film was 2014, wasn't it? Yeah. But by that point, Marvel had established this is what a comic book movie looks like. Yeah. And Sony just continued doing what Sony do, and nobody liked it. Don't you know what I'm so grateful about in this film is that we didn't have to see the Spider-Man origin. Spider-Man origin story. Like they, bear, they even in that five minutes in Queen scene. Yeah, they basically, he's basically, I kind of got bit of or whatever. It's, it's and they hinted just, at, yeah. and that's that's all you get. You get a bit more, obviously, in Spider-Man's own yeah. film, which you expect, but we still don't get the full origin story. No. It just gets told to us rather than us having to sit there through it all through again. It again, yeah. Um, Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa, aka Black Panther, underwent a vigorous training program to get in fighting shape for the character. While admittedly not a big reader of comics as a kid, Boseman read as many comics as possible for anything Black Panther related. Boseman also recycled the Zosa accent he learned from Message from the King in 2016 for the character. His accent is fucking on point. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think they used that. Uh, language or you know, when they're speaking Wakandan yeah. it's actually Zosan I think it's called okay. which is an actual uh, African language yeah. which I thought was pretty cool uh, the film was going to feature the Incredible Hulk but he was shifted to Thor Ragnarok in 2017 yeah. and so the filmmakers chose Secretary of State Thaddeus E. Thunderbolt Ross played by William Hurt in the film as a substitute to illustrate the theme of destructive power we thought it would be interesting to use a character who had a fanatical anti-superhero point of view, built on experience. 
he's cornering the Avengers politically now. He's outmaneuvering them because obviously uh, General Ross is the one who's tracking down the Hulk yeah. in uh, well, all of the Hulk yeah. origin stories and the Incredible Hulk. Uh, costume designer Judianne Makovsky revealed that for all of Chris Everson's scenes where he is in a reg- where he's in regular outfits, so outside of his super suit, mm. they purposefully made him wear t-shirts which were several sizes smaller than his actual size, mm. so that his muscles would pop on camera. Evans said all of his t-shirt scenes were scheduled at the start of filming because he loses a lot of weight over the months it takes to film a Marvel film. He said especially that filming the action scenes wearing the Captain America suit makes him lose a lot of his size. Oh, of course, yeah. Because it's basically leather and PVC and, and you're running around yeah. for hours on end in that. That's gonna You're going to sweat that shit out. Of course, yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans described the dynamic between Tony Stark and Steve Rogers as a marriage, saying, we love each other, but it's explosive. You're working towards the same goal, but you have very different approaches to it. It's blurry and that's what makes it great. No one's right, no one's wrong. I disagree with that. Yes, no. uh, it's going to make it even harder for them to come to an agreement. We'll get into who, who was right and who was wrong when we talk about the actual film. I've got a feeling we're both on the same side. So yeah. do I. <laughs> uh, the speech which Sharon Carter makes at Peggy's funeral, is, I can't see or hear Sharon Carter without thinking of the Manic Street Preachers. Kevin oh, Carter. Oh. <laughs> um, the speech that Peggy uh, she makes at Peggy's funeral is taken from a speech which Captain America made in Amazing Spider-Man number 537. Doesn't matter what the press says. Doesn't matter what the politicians or the mobs say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else. The requirement that we stand up for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. Which is basically what this podcast does. I mean, yeah, I don't want to make too big a deal of it, like, but we are, we put down our roots next to the river of, well, it's less truth and more sort of smart and filth. Um, and uh, they keep telling us, don't do that, move. And we're like, no, no you our, move. Our mission statement when we first started was to just do whatever the fuck we wanted, regardless of what people said. And, uh, you know, be able to live our best Captain America lives. So <laughs> here we are. It's really annoying because I wanted to wear the suit today. Yeah, but hard. I'd be dead. Yeah. I would have died before you even got here. Don't worry. Infinity War, I think, is like January. But it's freezing. Oh, that's going to be freezing cold. We'll do it outside. Yeah. Um, during the airport fight scene, a truck has the Bluth family logo. It is the same stair car, portable staircase for an airplane, that was the subject of many running jokes on Arrested Development. The Russo brothers, oh, the directors yeah, of this yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. also directed the pilot and many other episodes of Arrested Development. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever watched any I've Arrested Development. I've never watched it. I think I missed that. I think that yeah. ship had sailed by the time I Snap. heard of it. That, Parks and Rec, I've never seen. That. I tried watching Parks and Rec. I got about four episodes into it, and I was like, I, I don't get it. I like it in the memes and the gifs, but I'm, I'm watching it, and it's just not working for I me. I like Jason Bateman. I think he's... A- Really yes, good actor. I like so, Bateman. So, um, Arrested Development should be right up my street. It's just every time I see it, I'm like, yeah, I just don't I think Parks and Rec pissed me off because I don't because it's, it's got what's his it's face, it's got in Chris it. Pratt in it, yeah. and I just fuck off, Chris Pratt. Get in the sea. I mean, the sea's getting quite busy, yeah, we've got yeah, a lot of people yeah. in there today, but yeah. it's a big ocean. Um, do it down at South End where it's all just raw sewage, yeah, because then you're never coming back. Yep. Uh, Mark Ruffalo was spotted on the set of this movie, thus sparking rumours of a potential Hulk appearance in it. 
But his role was ultimately cut from the final draft of the script. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they did so have something for him to do. to see his friends. Yeah, basically. Because when you're Mark Ruffalo, you can do that. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, if I'm part of that Marvel marketing department, I invite him to come You invite him to set just I to keep the, the picture, internet rumour mill. I take the picture, I jump on my burner Twitter account, <laughs> and I post it like, Hulk's going to be in, I know Hulk's Marvel. in the next film. And then I watch Twitter just lose its shit. And then that's free publicity. Yeah, they they know what they're doing. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, Marvel initially wanted to hire Robert Downey Jr. to reprise Tony Stark as a small role with just three weeks of work. However, Downey wanted a larger role, which would lead to a bigger payday. Marvel Entertainment CEO uh, Ike Perlmutter was furious over the request, prompting him to order the screenwriters to write Tony Stark out of the script completely. <laughs> when the deal seemed like it was off the table, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige pushed to hire Downey, citing that his casting in the film could leave the door open for sequels, new franchises, and dramatic possibilities within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as this movie could drive future storylines for these films, which, obviously, we, he knew it was going to. Yeah. We now know it was going to. Um, as a result, with Downey's casting, the actor received a substantial payout that included a back-end participation deal and another payout if the film's box office gross exceeded Captain America The Winter Soldier. Obviously, did, yeah. it did. So he basically had to have, like you said, he had to have his money delivered yeah. by a fucking truck. Ten trucks. Yeah. And just because them up to his house and just went, here, have the I mean, money. imagine being in a situation where you can go to, like, the MCU and say, my role in this film isn't big enough. Yeah, it's not an Iron Man film. Yeah. Just go, my role is not big enough. I want a bigger role. And have them ultimately go, yes, okay. Yeah. And then go, yeah, but I also want some more money if it does better. Oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> you always, you should always take less up front and try and take a chunk of the back end. A chunk, chunk of the back end. No yeah. matter what you're doing, because if it turns out to be on a Blair Witch, yeah, right. And instead of getting paid, I don't know, twenty grand up front, yeah. you take ten and ten percent of the back end, and then that film goes on to make hundreds of millions. And you just roll in the cash. You never have to work ever again because you spent like two weeks out in the woods. Yeah. I mean, all right, it probably gave you psychological scarring, but yeah. you never have to work again. And let's, yeah. let's face it, going to work every day gives you psychological, psychological scarring. scarring. So, <laughs> a week of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in Spain, the film was titled Capitan America Civil War. <laughs> the decision for not translating the subtitle Civil War as Guerra Civil was an attempt to avoid links or comparisons with the Spanish Civil War, plainly named in the country as... Guerra Civil, which was fought between July 17th, 1936 and April the 1st, 1939. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought you'd appreciate that being the, the history buff you've become over the last 18 months. And the fascist one. And then <laughs> and then the fascist one. And then, <laughs> and then they realised, wait, the gammons won't come over it because they'll yeah. think we're Nazis. Uh, uh, we're so, neutral. We're neutral. Um, oh, that reminds me. I watched another film and it was... Have you been doing anything lately but watching films? Yeah, exercising. Gods. Um, no, I, do you remember I, t- I was told you I was reading that World War Two book about, uh, it was called Operation Mincemeat. It was yes. about how they had to deceive the Germans in order to win the war. Yeah. Or well, they made a film. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so excited to watch this film because I loved the book. <laughs> the film was fucking dreadful. It's usually the way dreadful. it goes. It was, I, I was so excited to watch it. I was like, we can do this on the pod. Finally, I get to do some World War Two, And then I watched it and I was like, took it off the list. <laughs> Angrily removed it from the list. 
Uh, you'll be pleased to know I am coming to the end of my notes. That's fine. Uh, on my trivia notes, anyway. Uh, Thor and the Incredible Hulk's absences in the film were explained in Thor Ragnarok, which came out in 2017. Thor was looking off, looking for the Infinity Stones across the galaxy, uh, while Hulk ended up with the Avengers Quinjet on planet Sakaar, where he was used as a gladiator. Although I that's never really explained. Don't think you really needed to explain it. I think it's quite obvious that uh, the two... What, what did they call them? 30-ton nukes? Yeah, 30-megaton nukes. Unless they were just constantly fighting each other, <laughs> would just decimate anybody else. Oh, God, yeah. Do Jesus. you know what I mean? So you just take them two, gods, or a god and the Hulk, out of it. <laughs> take them out of the equation. Have the people that are best suited to fight each other. Yeah. Fight each other. Even, like, even... Like, even um, what's his face? Vision. Mm-hmm. Vision is so OP. Yeah. I do. Uh, it's great seeing, uh, what's her name? Scarlet Witch just like completely beast him yeah. at the compound. But like, in even, the nicest way possible. Like, he's like, they they can't really use him properly because he would just decimate yeah. everyone. There's, yeah. There's, there's, there's no one there that can, aside from, again, from Scarlet, Scarlet Witch, Witch yeah. who can realistically stand up against yeah. him. Um, unless, like, Captain America's been secretly doing a Batman and planning how he would kill each yeah. of the Avengers. Oh, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's not Captain America. That's not, that's not Captain <laughs> Could America. Could you imagine how good Captain America would be if he had a bit of Batman? A bit of Batman, yeah. Jesus. That'd be scary. Um, on the Late Late Show with James Cunton in 2015, uh, Paul Rudd admitted that much of Ant-Man's starstruck reactions to meeting Captain America and his allies were actually based on his own real first reactions upon meeting those cast members. Awesome. He even owned up to the inappropriate arm-fondling bit though it was, in fact, Sebastian, Sebastian Stan's mechanical arm that he was so interested in, rather than Captain America's as depicted in the film. I do love that scene. I, I love the fact that he's just all like, oh, my God, you're Captain America! <laughs> uh, if Spider-Man wasn't in this film, Scott Lang would have stolen the show, or at least the second act. Yes. Uh, last week, I thought they introduced Ant-Man for the fight scene, but now I realise that him and Spider-Man do all the heavy lifting when it comes to levity. Oh, so God, yeah, because everyone else is very serious. Like, even Tony, who provides the levity in so many of the other films, is grumpy as fuck. Oh, God, yeah. And upset and pining for his dead parents. So the majority hung over in this film. Yeah, so they needed some. Yeah. And then, so Ant-Man and Spider-Man provide that levity. We'll get to it probably at some point in the next hour or so, but <laughs> there's a better film. There's a better version of Civil War. Oh, okay. In my head. <laughs> than the one that we're about to cover. Fair enough. Uh, when Friday shows Tony Stark the photos of Zemo and he asks if she's run facial recognition, she replies, what do I look like? He said, I don't know. I've been picturing a redhead. Kerry Condon, who voiced Friday, was a redhead. Yeah. Um, the movie marks the beginning of Phase 3 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it's the 13th film overall, which is handy because we were trying to count where Ant-Man was, yeah. what number that was. That was number 12, as we now know. I can't believe we're fighting films in already. Like I can. I felt every month of it. <laughs> the Wakanda language, spoken by King T'Chaka and Prince T'Challa, is Zosa, a native language of many South Africans, and the body count for this film. I was surprised by this, actually. 369. No, only 79. Huh. Yeah, I thought there were a lot more, yeah. but watching it last night, and thought, I was like, no, actually, yeah, there's less death in this than I remember. 
There's lots of injuries and, you know, roadie happens. Oh, a lot of a lot of the fights between super-powered people. So. Super-powered people who are still kind of friends, so don't actually yeah. want to kill the person they're fighting. Still wearing their character shields. Yeah. They've got their character shields on full, apart Rus- from roadie. <laughs> Russian. Such an ominous-sounding language, right? Oh, next, soldat. <laughs> it's just there's, like, I don't think you could... Ever not sound not I think, ominous when I you're think that's social Russian. conditioning though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because of what the, the media we've consumed oh, of course, growing yeah, up. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh for, for yeah. yeah, for certain generations, uh hearing German is a very ominous and threatening yeah. language. To me, it's just an ugly language. Yeah. Um don't take that personally, Germany. It's just it yeah. is. Or Swiss or Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they speak Swiss. Austrian's a little bit softer. The Swiss language is that's that's a very it's like their cheese. A lot of them. It's quite squishy. A lot of them speak German. They do. But when they speak German, it just sounds ugly. It's not like uh, Italian or Spanish. Oh, yeah. Which are nice flowing languages. German is all hard, glottal sounds and shoutiness. Yeah. Which is kind of like me when I've been drinking. Uh, when the Winter Soldier is being defrosted, why does he look so much like Tim Minchin? It really it doesn't at any other time. And Sebastian Stan doesn't look anything no. like him. But in that one scene where they lift the thing up, it's like, what the fuck is, why have, why have the Russians been keeping Tim Minchin on ice? I don't know. I didn't see that, but now I'm never going to be able to watch that scene. <laughs> there you time. go. You're welcome. I like, I like Falcon's little drone he's got. Oh, Red Wing. Yeah. I would thank Red Wing. When he says, say thank you, thank you. I'm not thanking you. Go on, pet him. He's cute. <laughs> I totally would reminds, because I anthropomorphize everything. It reminds me of the um, as I as we talked about earlier, been watching Rebels and that. Um, what are their names? We just said the word earlier. I don't know what you're talking about. Not Siths, but they carry lights. Like Inquisitors. No, Inquisitors. Yeah, Inquisitors. That's got the oh the little, the little yeah. Um, Wanda did not stir. Wanda did not stir that sugar anywhere near enough. It will oh, all no. sit at the bottom yeah. of the cup. She'll get no sugar for 90% of it. The last 10 will just be syrup. You could have the attribute of any of Cap's team. What one would you choose? So you got Cap, Falcon, uh, Scarlet Witch, and Black Widow. Now, I'm tempted to say Black Widow because I'd never leave my bedroom. However, <laughs> I don't know, probably Cap because he's the best all-rounder. I don't know. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's, that's a, a pretty cool power, and it would fit. Yeah, that probably fit better with my gothic persona, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, I just like just the sheer fact that you can move things with your mind. No, yeah, just that's true. Incredible to me. Yeah, no, I would like doing I that. I would take that. But I do like Captain America's shield. <laughs> but that's not an attribute. No, that's not. That's true. You could, you know, just move. I could that do that with Captain my America. with my little wavy red powers <laughs> to your empty hand without ever having to move. Yeah, true. <sighs> true. Plus, you know. <laughs> gonna say something creepy and lecherous now Black Widow wouldn't mind uh, if I was Wanda me going in and getting changed with her oh no of course not well she might get a little bit freaked out well probably not actually because we've seen the way she is with, yeah. with Steve Rogers yeah, right, so yeah. either or really it's or just Sam <laughs> neither of us were like I want to fly like, I, I do love the idea of flying but flying with the jetpack yeah. like that they, oh, they do show him as being pretty cool in this film. Oh, absolutely. But they take this away his jetpack and he gets his ass kicked. Yeah, this is where he steps up a level and like yeah. onto a level of an Avenger, whereas before he was always just like... He was, a, he was a sidekick. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a world with the Avengers, 
Would you try any kind of heist without a supervillain on your thing? Oh, fuck no. No. Absolutely fucking <laughs> You watch not. them and I'm like, I mean, the Avengers exist. Go get yourself a supervillain if you're going to do this. Yeah, but preferably not of- one that they're tracking and have been yeah. actively, hu- actively hunting. Um, just like Age of Ultron, this film starts with the Avengers on and up. Yeah. Uh, but this is a very different style of operation because they're kind of all like secret squirrel to yeah. start with before it obviously all goes wrong. And we see them before working together as a team. It's all very bombastic. It's all out yeah. there and they're, they're Thor's swinging hammers and Cap's blowing up tanks. And then in this one, Cap's literally peeking through the net curtains sort of thing. Yeah, but the team's different. Yeah, it's a different team. It's a different style of operation. It's a different location, yeah. and the team is of a very different makeup. Oh, and yeah. it's not an Avengers film. Had so. Thor been there, he would have just gone down there, taken that dump truck, dragged <laughs> <liked> it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But here he's got like he's got Sam, who's basically like a flying sidekick, and then he's got Scarlet Witch, who is super powerful, but not in the same she's way. Un- she's like, untested and yeah. untried. And then Black Widow, who's basically just a human with incredible skills, super spy. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many motorbikes Black Widow has been responsible for destroying in the course of this hundreds, series. Because she basically starts the film by destroying a motorbike, and it's like, you destroyed one. You destroy at least one per yeah. film. In fact, I think in the last Avengers film, she takes out at least three of them. <laughs> she just That's doesn't like, like anything with less than four wheels. Like, well, stop getting on motorbikes. Get a quad bike. <laughs> Young Tony Stark. <laughs> Looks weird. Yes. It's we'll, creepy. Unlike... What were we talking about the other day? When they, unlike young Michael Douglas last week, yes, young Tony Stark just looks. Yeah, he looks really odd. I don't. It's too smooth. It's just his voice as well sounds like older Tony Stark. Yes, so it sounds. Like I think Tony that's Stark. probably the most jarring thing. And because we're so used to seeing Tony Stark in yeah. Marvel films, I think it helped that that was Michael Douglas's first. Appearance First appearance in the MCU. Yeah. Whereas we're so used to every time we hear that voice, we see Iron Man or yeah. Tony Stark that it just makes him look so weird. But he does, he just, it doesn't. It does, it, it doesn't it's work. done very well. It's done very well, but it doesn't work in no. the same way that Michael Douglas worked last week. Um, how did Rumlow survive having an entire wing of the Triskelion fall on him? Mm. I mean, I didn't first time I watched it, I don't, I didn't realize that was yeah. Rumlow. Yeah, not until they take the mask off. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then obviously watching it like last night, I was like, oh, okay. As soon as I mentioned his name, I was like, well, Rumlo, that was the guy that yeah. fucking Sam was fighting in with the soldier. And I was like, what? but didn't he like die because the whole fucking building fell on him? It's the MCU. Yeah. So in a world with, you know, Tony Starks and yeah. people like super geniuses, Hank Pym, I'm pretty sure they can. Do whatever they want. I also right? wonder how he thought that fight was Cap gonna with Cap was gonna go any different. Yeah. It's like you okay, you've got you've got some hydraulically powered fists. But you know, unless you can pin Cap's head between a wall and just pummel it as your first hit of the fight, yeah. he outclasses you in every way. <laughs> yeah, he's blinded by anger and revenge. Yeah. Which is something which is a constant theme in this film, basically. It is a constant theme, yeah. I do like the idea um of the tech Tony is demoing for the crowd both as a tech idea and as a storytelling device. So as a tech idea, it's just brilliant, right? Mm. The idea that you can go into your brain and scrub all the memories you don't want. But as a storytelling device, it allows us to kind of him to talk about his parents and about that remind us of their fractured 
relationship whilst not actually having to be a complete scene on its own slows the film yes down. it's just a very quick introduction so he's you're getting that at the same time he's showing you something which leads into him meeting that woman in the corridor yeah and then this, the rest of the story really coming about I really liked it oh wow look it's Dean Pelton from Community Dean Pelton has moved up since Greendale yeah. I mean going from Greendale to fucking MIT that's he is, quite a jump he is Dean Pelton though. He oh yeah even in guy. that he's yeah. just playing Dean Pelton and it would not surprise me if the Russo brothers were, we're like, like we want you for we that. want Dean Pelton that's what we want no we don't need the, the, the Dalmatian costume no but we want Dean Pelton as as your head of MIT self-cooking hot dog <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry for your loss, Mrs. Spencer, but you are wrong. Yes. I I feel bad for her. It's it's a tragedy what happened, but it was literally not Tony Stark's fault. No, but at the same time, like, I can get into that headspace and where you're just angry and you want something to blame and it's easier for you to blame Tony Stark than it is to blame... The world in general. Yeah. Right? You can pin all your blame on this one yeah. person. And when that one person's a white billionaire, it becomes a lot easier to hate easier him, right? to do it. You know whose fault this entire film is? Well, in some ways, it's, it is actually Tony Stark's because Tony Stark created Ultron. I mean, yes. And then they had to go to Sokovia <laughs> to stop Ultron. So... it's No, it's all Pepper Potts' fault. Oh, she broke up with him. Yeah, because if you were banging Pepper Potts, you would be in a permanently good mood. Yeah. Because he's not banging, he was, but now isn't banging Pepper Potts. He's in a bad mood and he's struggling with his life. And then this happens and it just piles upon him. And that's when he makes the bad decisions. I do love the way they were like, look, if Pepper Potts is in this film, she'll talk sense into him. Yes. Pretty quickly. There is no way she would agree with what he was. I mean, if she, if they were still together, he wouldn't have agreed to the accords anyway. Oh, God, no. Because that runs. That's one of, one of my issues with this film is the fact that the Tony Stark we see in this film is completely counter to the Tony Stark we've seen throughout the run-up to this. I agree. But at the same time, I can see that woman in the... the woman that confronts him with a picture of her yeah. kid really getting in his head mm. and switching his perspective for a certain amount of time. Yeah. Before he... Before kind of... Before he would use his super-mega-genius intelligence yeah. and realise, no, hang on a minute, this won't work. Yeah. This is wrong. Um, Hanging upside down whilst drowning has got to be a horrific way to die. Hell Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only bit. Where, like, as soon as he says Hell Hydra, I'm like, well, fuck you. I don't care anymore. It's like, oh, yeah, you, fine, you <laughs> made your choice. Uh, the whole Lagos incident paints the Avengers as careless thugs who are being deliberately reckless with human lives rather than acknowledging the fact that nobody else could have stopped Rumlow, which would have put a presumably very dangerous, lab-grown, infectious disease in the hands of some very dangerous people, resulting in a much larger death toll. Is it basically just furthers the agenda that they've yes, already got? Yes, furthers their agenda that they're scared of these people they have no control over, which is basically what the rich do all the time. Of course, yeah. Which is the whole point of this film, yeah. which is why Captain America is clearly the hero. Okay, go. find what you love, believe in it. <laughs> I was about to say, oh, you've just literally ruined my next night. I, I was do about apologize. to say, here is the moment we've all been waiting for. If you were an enhanced person in the Avengers, which team would you choose? Cap or Iron Man? Cap. Cap every day of the week. Now, this went contrary to my beliefs prior because I was always a massive Iron Man fan. Yeah. 
even before the MCU, watching yeah. uh, the Iron Man cartoon and that, I was like, he is my preferred superhero. Captain America was like, oh, fuck off, Mr. Apple Pie. He's America. He's America. And that we all know my views and the views of this podcast on America in general. Um, however, I then watched like the MCU. And whilst you know, Iron Man in the first film is awesome, he becomes less of a hero persona to me. Yeah. And then you see Captain America and you're like, God damn, that's the sort of person I want to be. Um, I had no time for Captain America. If the MCU's done anything for me, it's endear the Captain America character to me. Yes. Yeah, I didn't care about Captain America at all. And and then the MCU came out and I'm like, no, man, I've got a star-spangled heart, mate. (laughs) Just even in the context of the film, not just because of who's the bad character. Yeah. In the context of the film, with the choice you've got to make, it's still cap every That's time. That's team cap every time. You can not trust a government or anybody to have that much authority over no. you if your humanity's lost. Yeah, because there's no way they would, the UN would have signed off on the Battle of New York the no. way that the Avengers did it. No, so but that was the only way to do it. Yeah, they'd have already been entrenched. Like the the Tichari, Chitauri would have already been entrenched in New York. New York would have become a foothold, a beachhead for yeah. them. And then the UN would have said, "Okay, go and get them." Yeah. By which point, it would have been too late. The Avengers probably would have died fighting the Chitauri. And even if they had succeeded, there then would have been no one there for the next fucking disaster. Yeah. You know, not even the big films, just the little films in between. Yeah. You wouldn't have had the heroes there, so those villains would have, you know, taken I just- over. I believe the only people that have the authority to command the Avengers are the Avengers themselves. Are the Avengers themselves, yeah. They're the only people that they're not agenda free, but no. their hearts are more or less in the right place. Yeah. If you put give that much power to any government, they will at some point abuse they will, it. They will they will use it, it for yeah. their own agenda. Like like Cap says. What happens if they don't let us go somewhere we yeah. need to go? Or what happens if they send us to somewhere we don't need to be? Yeah. You know, you're being sent in to quell a civil war, but you agree with the people you're now fighting against. Yeah. Can you, Can you? what's the word? Um, conscientiously object? Can Can an Avenger say, no, I'm not taking part in this mission because I disagree with it? No, I don't think And it works, starts yeah. getting hazy and you're like, well, then you're compelling people to go and do this. And are they actually going to do it? Because if it was someone like me, I T- wouldn't. <laughs> Tony's angle and Black Widow's angle, I think, are the only thing that really stops me from being um, taken out of this. Yeah. I think them too. But their angle of, look, they're trying to compromise with yeah. us now. If we don't take the compromise we will get nothing. Yeah. It will be far worse. That's the saving grace yeah. storyline-wise for me. Otherwise, I'd be like, oh, fuck that. Iron Man is The fact that they that. think they can change it once they've signed it, change they can then make the, the changes as they go. Yeah. Um, Rhodey, on the other hand, I completely buy. He was ex- he's ex-military. He's ex-military. That's what he does. Yeah. yeah. He's basically... War Machine already does that. He's kind of... Spider-Man will do whatever Tony tells him to yeah. do. And... T'Challa's just in it for fucking... Revenge, basically. I love bacon and coffee, but I'd need more than that for breakfast if I ate breakfast. <laughs> yeah. I love the vision wears a cravat. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tony looks rough throughout this film. I don't, I don't know if it's supposed to like imply something about his, his mental well-being, his emotional health or something at that point, but it was clearly a very clear choice yeah. that the studio made because 
up until now, in every film, he's, he's always looked yeah. on point, even after fight scenes and stuff. Yeah. But here, right from the very start, he always looks rumpled, like he's had a hard day at the office. Well, this is the beginning of the end for the Iron Man character, right? Yes. So he's peaked, mm. and now he's about to start going down to the point he gets to the end game where he's like, oh, I'll wash my hands of that. I'll wash my hands of that. I'm not doing that yeah. anymore. Yeah. But this is the first signs of that. So maybe they wanted to just give you a visual of like, he's disheveled, he's falling apart yeah. mentally. I know mean, it kind of reflects the, his, his, some of his arcs in the comic yeah. book where he becomes an alcoholic and all that sort of shit without them actually going down the route of, yeah, Tony Stark's an alcoholic now. Yeah. Um, because that would be glorifying alcoholism, yeah. apparently. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very judgmental when it's when I'm hot. Clearly, snap. Um, why? Uh, oh, here we go. The Avengers literally. The Avengers. This is me quoting. The Avengers literally saved the world repeatedly, but they couldn't save every single person, and they didn't tidy up afterwards. Therefore, they are bad and must be stopped. That about sums up the UN's issues, right? Yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically, it's like um. We need you on our team, but we can't control you. So we're going to do something in order to bring you into our team. Yeah. Gives us the power over you. If I, Oh, no, you don't want that. Oh, fuck. If I, if I were Cap, after the Accords were proposed in that meeting, I would simply step back. Yeah. And just go hang out with my hot CIA girlfriend. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit because there's issues with the whole that whole thing. Um, and just let the next disaster happen. Yeah. And then after the dust settles and the death toll is catastrophic or some secret agency heretofore never heard of that was a spin-off of Hydra has taken over the world, I call up the UN, all smug, and just congratulate them on a job well done. But that's because I'm a passive-aggressive arsehole. Yeah, there's no way Cap could watch Cap couldn't do that, die. no. <laughs> if I were Captain America. <laughs> I love how Bucky says, I'm not going to kill anyone. Right before breaking <laughs> a breeze block over some guy's head. <laughs> some guy's head. Like the the violence. I know they're all super powered, yeah. but the violence, Cap, um, Bucky, <laughs> and Black Panther use when they're just picking people up. Just, just regular Joes, just yeeting them into walls and I know things. You you constantly get the after scene of that person like rolling or groaning, yeah. so we know they're not dead. But he's like, I'm not going to kill anyone, and it just goes and fucking. But so it's much violence hell. upon these people that any normal person would die. It's like, I'm not going to kill them. I'm just going to hospitalise yeah. them for the rest of their lives. Shake them right it's like, the It's the yeah. Batman not yeah. killing anyone. Um, the Steve and Natasha scene after the funeral was a really nice touch. Because yeah. even though they're divided over their, their views on, on the Accords and that whole yeah. situation, Natasha is still Steve's friend and still wants to be there for him, and Steve is still happy to accept that support. Yeah, he says, like, well, you know I'm not going to sign where you come. She's like, I just didn't want you to be alive. Yeah. And at that moment, you're like, that should be the message, right? Yes. The message should be, you may disagree about a lot of stuff, but in moments like that, yeah, the love you feel for each other, whether it's platonic or not, should supersede Should supersede that. Else. Yeah, you may disagree on things. Like, I mean, there are certain disagreements that can't be overlooked. But in things like this... The majority. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, we disagree on this, but we can still be friends and, you know, still support one another. Are you listening to her? Are you listening to her? Uh, the UN got blown up. Gosh, 
If only there were some kind of superpowered group who could have stopped that if they hadn't been totally hamstrung and divided over some UN bureaucracy. You see where I was getting angry? <laughs> Need a disguise in the MCU? Wear a baseball cap. Yeah, and some glasses. It's like you are Captain fucking America, one of the most recognisable people in the, in the world at that point in time. Yet you can walk around the scene of an explosion surrounded by the FBI and the CIA. No one will recognise you because you're wearing aviators and a baseball cap. Yeah, but that's the thing is, it's like they, it's just standard disguise for everyone because yeah. then he meets Falcon and Falcon's <laughs> doing the same. the same thing. And it's just like, oh, guys, come on. <laughs> I've got my first gripe with this film now. Oh, okay. There are too many overly long action scenes in this film. Oh, really? I firmly believe some of it should have been shortened so we could have a tighter and more story-focused two-hour film. Yeah. Early on, like, I do not want to lose a second of what happens at the airport because it's brilliant. Yeah. I don't want to lose a second of the freeway fight in Siberia at the end. Yeah. But there are so many overly long chase scenes, action scenes. The highway chase scene could have been cut down by half. It's just in that beginning of the film, it's just like, yes, wow, action. And it's like, you could have shortened a lot of that and made more room for Ant-Man and yeah. Spider-Man to bring some actual Marvel lev- levity yeah. to this film. They That's, don't get a lot of screen time. And it's what I think lacks in the rest of the film outside of the airport scene is that it is super gritty and it is super serious, but this is a Marvel film. Yeah. And even in the most super serious of Marvel films, there would always be one, possibly two characters yeah. that you can just turn the camera on for 30 seconds that will pop Get that attention bubble. Yeah. But instead of popping attention bubble, instead of having a bit of levity, they just go all out of action. And for me, I'm just like, oh. See, that's the stairwell scene, that stairwell fight. That that whole thing, I've got notes on that because I fucking love that that scene. I, I think I know what they were trying to do. I think I know what they were trying to do. You've got a lot of very action oriented characters oh, yeah. in this. And you need to before the airport fight, you need to kind of establish the credentials, especially of ones you haven't really seen before. Oh of course, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what they do. But the the highway fight, that highway chase scene, a lot of it is just Steve Rogers going back side to side in an Audi. With Black Panther hanging on the yeah. back, you could have cut out fifty percent of that. I just think there's lack of story. Mm. Like, don't like the premise is <laughs> pretty simple, right? Like the Avengers fall out. <laughs> they right, Barney. Two teams, they fight, right? Yeah, that. I think you could have expanded the story a little bit and given us more of. The funnier characters, but more of like Clint. He just turns up and shows like, up, oh, does you his grumpy you dad thing. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain characters in this that I think could have had one or two more scenes and they could have weaved maybe like a sea storyline for it just yeah. to kind of give us a bit more story, make it more of the political thriller it's meant to be rather than. I don't know if it was. Oh, come on. It's Sim- got the. the- it's Winter Soldier is yeah, but and this has elements of that. They're running around. Yeah, I think like, it has the elements this. of it, but I don't think it was ever intended think, to be in the same mould. No, as I that. think they could have leaned a bit more into that, given us yeah. a bit more story, 
and a little less action. I which think would have made us by the time we get to the airport scene, which is incredible. <laughs> I'm a bit actioned out. I'm a bit like... Uh, <laughs> you're, you're clearly not me. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen all these characters fight each other multiple times already in this film. Yeah. A lot of them. The only of, real difference in that scene is that suddenly Spider-Man and Ant-Man turn up. Oh, Ant-Man turn up, yeah, to mix, mix things up a bit. Like, how many times are you going to watch Black Panther attack the Winter Soldier and not win? <laughs> and Captain America save him? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel that, like, could have shortened some of that. They could have weaved one extra storyline in. They could have given us a bit more Ant-Man, a bit more Spider-Man, and then this film would have just... This this film should have been Avengers Civil War. Yeah, it should have been. Branding it as Captain America was a really odd choice. I mean, I know Captain America is (coughs) the central... Yeah, he is the central character He's the one that disagrees on him, therefore. Yeah, but it's... If it had been an Avengers film, I think you'd have got your wish. Yeah. But they don't focus on the the lesser characters enough because it's it's not an Avengers film, so they're focusing on Captain America. So he gets that extra screen time. We could have seen Falcon and Ant Man before Ant Man turns up in the back of a van. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I think that introduction is brilliant. I do because it's very Scott Lang. (laughs) Yeah, as an introduction to Captain America and everyone else. Yeah, but I think we we could have seen them two have a funny scene between them, like. Riffing on what actually what yeah. ends that scene early on, earlier in the film, <laughs> so it's not just like, oh, where the fuck did, did he come from? <laughs> where did you get him from? No, I, I, love the way, I, I do love the way they just drop these characters in. I and just you're like, think, oh, got Who is it? This guy <laughs> placed earlier in the film would have given some levity. Yeah, and I've much like the Spider-Man scene does when Tony goes there. Yeah, I just feel that like it does need more levity. The Spider-Man scenes almost feel like a different film yeah because the rest of it is very much in the the winter soldier vein the rest the spider-man scenes feel like the marvel film that has been we've seen up until this yeah and then this feels like they were like if the world loved the winter soldier so let's go into that double down on that but but even the winter soldier had levity yeah there were moments there is there is levity but it's not it's not as much and it's not as brazen either because most of it is provided by the Sam and Bucky relationship. Yeah. Once they rescue him. I've got a note that says how much I love that. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're some of my favourites. Uh, can you move your seat forward? No. Yeah. Well, that where he's like, you, you couldn't have done that earlier. And he's like, I hate you so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we mentioned the ridiculous way Cap can hide his entire body behind his shield. Yeah. So here I am calling out the fact the Bucky can seemingly do the same thing, but just with his arm. Because yeah. <laughs> he's like, you got... When, bum, 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 bum. Yeah, and you've got like all these special forces gunning, shooting at him, and he's like, oh no, I'm just going to do that, yeah. and you'll only shoot my arm rather than my whole fucking... But no. Like the silly. bit where he walks right up and puts his hand in front it's of the gun. I get it. it. I get that one, because he's just giving him a very small target. Yeah, right? and he's just closing and it in. Where he's running through the corridor using his one arm as a shield. It's like, like that. No. Yeah. Um... The look Black Panther gives the German chopper shooting at him on the rooftop. Even though he's got his helmet on, it's just like, can you not? Yeah. Just his whole body language just screams that. And it's just like, no, yeah, because he's totally not bothered by it because he's no, bouncing of off not. of his suit. But it's like, can you not, though? <laughs> what are you doing, bitch? I'm a big fan of Martin Freeman. But his yes. accent really throws me in this and Black Panther. It's dreadful. I'd rather him just be like the British guy in the CIA. Yeah. Just just use your accent. It's a joint task force. Yeah. 
So you know, there's nothing that says you have to be American. American. And like I, said, I like Martin Freeman. I've like, got a lot I of time for him. I've got a lot of time for him as well. But that accent is fucking heinous. It's a crime against language. It is. And it just throws me every time. Um, Takes me out of the film. Yes. Because I'm like, well, what the fuck? What the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, Imagine being the copper putting the handcuffs on Captain America after they arrest him, knowing full well he could bust out of them and fold you into an origami crane without breaking a sweat. Absolutely. It's like like indicators on a fucking BMW. It's just a waste of effort. If I had been in that position, I would have just been completely Scott Lang. Like, I'm so sorry, Captain. Oh, I do apologise, Captain. (laughs) They're making me do it. It's not my fault. Uh, Steve and Tony changed their relationship status on Facebook to It's Complicated After Steve's Arrest. <laughs> Why does Bucky's little prison module look like a tube train? I don't know what tube train is. Oh, wow. The tube in London. Uh, Especially the... Is it the Northern Line? The yellow one. Yeah. 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 If you look at the, the, the new Northern Line trains, it's just a miniature version of that. Ah, I kept looking at it and I was just like... Is that done on purpose? Because I never once saw full train when I saw it. No, it just looks like one of the tube trains. It's ridiculous. Is it an EMP that gets set off at the power station? It's, I assume so, yes. If so, how comes Tony's glasses still work? It's not well, about... Because uh, no, an EMP is not about we're taking down a network and he's not on that network, so his stuff would work. Surely it would knock out... No, the EMP knocks out the power. Because that's a, that's a power substation. Oh, okay. Well, what you what you see is it does that, but then it continues, and you see everything. Everything out. go out. Yeah, it's the power that it's knocked out because that's a power. Okay. Like, well, it's not a substation. I can't remember what they're called. It's yeah. bigger than that, but that's what it is. So it knocks that out. Okay. Which knocks so out all the power. To it else. knocks out the power to the where they are. Where they are. But and the totally EMP doesn't batteries. actually reach that far. No. Okay. God, the EMP like, that could reach that far would be horrendous. Like, I was just like. That works. Black Panther's looking at his phone. Yeah. But my understanding of an EMP would be that it would blow everything. The helicopter takes off afterwards, yeah. which, again, it wouldn't work. No. Okay. Um, the superheroes spend half of this film doing an Iron Man 3 and just being stressed out civilians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, last week, when I was talking about the end credit scene with Bucky yeah, and yeah, Sam yeah. and Cap, that's the, the where they're talking. Yeah, he's got the arm and device. Yeah, yeah. I was like... Wait, I don't remember this being... And it, it's basically just... They took that scene, cut the middle bit out, and stuck just, the two ends together, yeah. and put it in the end credits. Yeah. 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 When well, I saw that, I was like, oh, quick, scribble that down, because that's the one it was. I love the idea that the only way they can subdue him is just clamping his just arm. Just clamping him in a hydraulic press. Um, there is something slightly pornographic about some of the positions that... Um, You look confused by your own Win- notes. Yeah, because I instead of writing Winter Soldier, I wrote WS, and I was like, "Oh, uh, is that no?" That's I used some that's, abbreviations in mine. <laughs> Scarlet Witch backwards. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, there is something slightly pornographic about some of the positions that Winter Soldier and Black Widow get in whilst fighting. So, oh yeah, not just where she wraps her legs around his face while they're standing up, but then he puts her on the table. Yes, goes <laughs> hand around her throat. Her legs are on his shoulders, and I'm thinking. I've been there. That looks times. like a good. That yeah. looks like a good, good time to me. Yeah, I've been in that position a few times. <laughs> I was a lot happier than these two. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, you were smiling a lot more than yeah. Black Widow when you were getting choked out. Uh, this is no way near an original fault, but Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man there has ever been, ever. Not only is the only is he the only Spider-Man to ever have a Queen's accent. Yeah, but he's the Which right age. because he's from like fucking Kent or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> 
But funnily enough, though, like because I haven't seen him as Tim in the office or Bobo, uh, not Bobo, it's my book, um, Bilbo. Yes. Like his Queen's accent does not throw me or take you, me out. You seem to have gotten um, two people confused there. Bilbo. Martin Freeman is Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, you're talking about Tom Holland. Yeah, no, but I no, because earlier on I said I'm a big fan of Martin Freeman, but his yeah. accent takes me out. Yes. Right? Oh, right. Okay. But and because I haven't seen Tom Holland as Tim from The Office or Bilbo. Okay. Like I haven't got what I'm saying is because I haven't got a history of watching. Yes. Yeah. With his, using his own. When you see him using that accent, and his accent is just better than Martin Freeman's. Oh, oh absolutely. Martin He's... Freeman's sounds like someone doing an impression of, Amer- yeah. of an American. Tom Holland just sounds like an American. Yeah, he does but a really good job. Because the first time I saw him in anything was this. Yeah. It does not throw me at all. But he is just the best Spider-Man he's ever. He's he's the closest representation uh, to the comic book Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Um, especially in live action. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I like the previous... Uh, I particularly like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I didn't mind the Andrew Garfield. I didn't like... Whoever the first guy. I can't, I can't remember, remember his name. name. Uh, Jake. No, no, no. no it wasn't Jake Jenner. It was Tobin. Tobin Maguire. Yeah. Did not like that Spider-Man. One. I liked them, but he was too awkward yeah. for Spider-Man. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked the previous inca- uh, live action incarnations, but he is. Tom yeah, Holland. Is Tom Holland one. is my favorite Absolutely. live action Spider-Man. In the same way that like anybody that ever has to be Iron Man in 10 years time will never, ever, ever live up to our no. DJ. Whoever has to be Captain America in 10 years' time will never live up to Chris Evans. I think Tom Holland has set the bar for Spider-Man. Yes. Oh, definitely. Which is really annoying when he's like, I don't want to do Spider-Man anymore. Can I hand it over to someone else? Yeah, someone else can do it. I've done my three films. Um, Tony, you are literally recruiting a minor to fight for you. That is desperate. My next note. Tony wants to behave one minute, and the next he's blackmailing a 16-year-old kid to fight a war with him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And one of the names that gets thrown out at the Avengers, you know, when they're listing all the bad things they've done is yeah. that they're vigilantes. Yeah. That is the definition of what Spider-Man does. Yeah. He beats up criminals outside of the law. He is a vigilante. Tony then runs off to it. Basically, Tony Stark's hypocrisy in this film is turned up to an 11. Oh, absolutely. And it's yeah. so grating to see him adopting that holier-than-thou attitude. It's like, mother. Fucker, if you had a different writing team behind you, you would be on Capside. Yeah, absolutely. But they needed two prominent. Yes, they needed the two figureheads of the Avengers and to be. And in the comics, it was them too. But yeah. the comics have got, had years to it, like establish like why Iron Man would be there. Yeah. Here we get. Remember when you dropped to City? Yeah, basically. Well, Here's like, your guilt trip. There's, there's a, uh, I've got a note about this, but it's when. Stark goes to the raft and is lecturing the others yeah. on, you know, you're a criminal, you broke the law, that's the definition. It's like, motherfucker, you literally took your first flying Iron Man suit out and flew over traffic in downtown, downtown fucking Miami. Yeah. That is criminal. All of the things you do are criminal. And now you're telling these guys, yeah, you're locked up because you you broke the law, you're criminals. I'm Tony Stark. I'm not. It's like, motherfucker, you're just richer than them. Yeah, you've just... You switched sides at the 11th hour and got yeah. away with it. Yeah. Um, they're in trouble for causing mindless damage. So Scarlet Witch just uses innocent people's cars as weapons against Iron Man. <laughs> it's like, do you not know why you're here fighting your friends? You're here because people think that you have, you could not care less about the damage you leave in your wake. So 
What are you going to do? Just empty an entire car park of innocent people's vehicles on top of Iron Man. In that, the thing is, in that fight scene, both sides was bad as each other. Oh, yeah. They destroy that airport. And <laughs> Man just rips the rips wing off wi- I think one of the most egregious acts, because... Oh, Ant-Man rips up that thing and he throws the truck that yeah. he thought was a water truck. Um, but one of the most egregious acts of needless destruction is vision. Oh, when just, Cap, and yeah. they're running to the thing and he literally just cuts a line in the yeah. runway. It's like, that's going to take weeks and thousands of dollars for and, them to repair. And then just not... And when you didn't need to do anything because he just steps the, over it. Chops the tower off at the base. He chops the tower yeah. in half and it's just like, guys, come on. Um, I love... The little burgeoning relationship between Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. I'm sure when I actually sit down to watch that. Yeah, I need to sit down and watch that, actually. It'll be really good if it's anything like this. Yeah. Just like, you can tell they've got a grudge and respect for each other. Because Captain America respects them both. And they both look up to Captain America, right? So... In that way, they're both like, well, you know, if Cap vouches for him, yeah, I do. But they're also there's a they're, they're best friend of little bit of jealousy that they both want to be Cap's best. They both friend, want to be his BFF, can't. yeah. And they just like this, the way they just snipe at each other, like totally deadpan, not really aggressively yes. either. Just it's just very deadpan, very straight delivery, yes. sniping at one another. Brilliant. Uh, I retire for what five minutes, and it all goes to shit. Daddy Clint, when he's right, he's yeah, right. Yeah. They needed him for this. Uh, move, or you will be moved. As entertaining as that would be, yeah. T'Challa's smirk. Yeah. When he's just looking between the two. And I had the exact same thought. Me, I was so like, oh, like, I wonder who would... And you can see him going, I would like to see that. Yeah. And it's like, yes, my man. I know I rallied against more action in this film 10 minutes ago. But I could have taken a three-minute scene of them two just oh, fighting Them two just tussling, that would have been awesome. Preferably both in their underwear, but yeah. that, that doesn't have to be. Um, hooking up with your dead ex-girlfriend's niece is weird. But, I mean, that whole thing is weird. The fact that, the fact that previous to that, he didn't know who she was and she yeah. didn't tell him. Until the funeral. Until the funeral, when you can see his face, and he's like, what the fuck? Um... And then they, they, they snog outside the boot of the car and you're just kind of like, not sure how to feel about this. But yeah. then you get the awesome scene of Cap turning around and the other two smirking at him yeah. from the Beetle and you're like, no, yeah, okay, I'll put the weirdness yeah. aside because, because that's funny. Yeah, that awesome. <laughs> and man's suit has been upgraded. Apparently so. He no longer has to press the little thing in his belt and he's just got it all in his sleeve. He's got a little touchscreen thing. Yeah. He must have got that from Falcon because he uses one of those for yeah. Red Wing. Um Getting into your costume next to your car in the car park. I have done that oh. a lot <laughs> over the years. I've done it in the rain. I've done it in the middle of a heat waves. I've trod, I've trod in fucking engine oil and petrol and all sorts in my socks. Oh, I've changed into like football kits in the car parks many times. <laughs> and like I had to leave work and go straight somewhere else and I had to yeah. get changed before I go in. I've done that before. I love in that scene where Cat's just like, okay, let's get, let's get suited up. And you're like, and then it cuts away because it would really undercut oh, yeah. the whole situation if you saw like this Captain America like tugging yeah. on his leather trousers and then trying to falling over, trying to do the boot up. And can someone else do the zip yeah. at the back? Because if you look at Cap suit, it zips at the back. Yeah. So it's like he has to have someone else get into. I mean, obviously we know Scott Lang yeah. can do it in, in five, sec- five seconds flat. He's so. showing them how to do it. It's fine. <laughs> it's a superhero trade secret. Out. This is a very well-written film. Like, mm. There's lots of good dialogue in this film. 
but one lion stands head and shoulders above the rest for me. Underoos? <laughs> hey, guys, you ever see that really old film, Empire Strikes Back? Lord. Just not only that line is just incredible to me <laughs> because that sets up everything we see from Spider-Man moving forward. Yes. Like, even in Infinity War or Endgame, whichever one, they get trapped on their spaceship. And he's like, do you remember the old film Aliens? And then they use that <laughs> as the way to get out. But like, this is the germ of that. It's yeah. It starts. But then the fact that it's not just a throwaway line because then they use the same Luke Skywalker trick on to bring um, Ant-Man yeah, down. Yeah, to bring Ant-Man down. It's just genius to me. Uh, what is it? But, uh, that first Spider-Man appearance. Oh, yeah. And obviously it's something that at that point in the MCU, now we kind of take it for granted that Spider-Man's part of the MCU. Yeah. But at this point, we were 13 films and what, like fucking 16 years or something yeah. stupid into it. And everyone wanted to see Spider-Man in the MCU. And that first moment where the web shoots down yeah. and grabs the shield, you're like, oh my God, get Spider-Man! He's and he's like, like, hi! hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, that and... I love the little bit where Cap's just like, where are you from, kid? And he's like, Queens. He's like, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. I love that. Uh, then, but the fight in the, the where he's fighting um, Sam and Bucky. And it's like, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's not this much talking. He's like, you got a metal arm? That is so cool. <laughs> and then, there's another part during the airport fight saying that I would be remiss if I didn't mention because I loved it. It's when um, Hawkeye's fighting Black Widow. Yeah. And, oh. and he's like, are we still friends? I've no, literally said, got the quote oh, here. Okay, We're don't. still friends, right? Yeah. Depends, Depends on, on how hard you hit me. <laughs> my favourite bit is when Scarlet Witch comes in, throws Black Widow out of the way. It's like, look, you're... Fr- you're you were holding... You were pulling your punches. Because it's like, there's no way you would ever believe them two are actually trying to fight each other. No. No way in hell. So for them to know that and then throw that in there to negate it is just... It's good writing, um, as far as I'm concerned. I believe this is yours, Captain America. Scott. Lang is such a fanboy. Oh yeah, he's, yeah, fan- yeah. he's fanboying so hard. <laughs> As like again, like like we said last week during Ant Man, he's the majority of people's way into. Yeah. And again, in it works in this film as well. He's your way in because if you suddenly found yourself in that airport surrounded by yeah, people, that's you what you. Oh be. my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere between him and fucking uh, Spider Man is yeah. is how you would be. Uh, Black Widow seems to be the only one who can see how stupid this whole thing is. Oh yeah, because she's like, "We're gonna fight each other. We're gonna fight each other." She's like, oh, well, this will work out well. Yeah. And when she says to, to Cap at one point, "You sure you want to punch your way out of this one?" Yeah, and it's like, "Listen to Black Widow, okay? This is not the way to resolve this. I mean, it does make for a very good film. Yeah, but it's not the best way to do this, guys. No, um, I don't know what. Have you got much before the reveal of what happens to? Iron Man's parents. Um, I've got a couple. Okay. Uh, and now Tony will blame Vision shooting down War Machine on Steve as well. Oh, of course, yeah. It's like, oh, fuck off, mate. It's like, <laughs> it was literally War Machine asked him to take the shot. Yeah. It's not his fault yeah. or no. Steve's fault that Falcon. Falcon didn't just fly in a yeah. straight line and wait to get shot. Um, it's a wonder the Avengers, uh, including the individuals and those gone rogue, do anything following this film as they burn all their bridges. Oh, yeah. By the end of this film, it's like they, they have no one to, to call on. That Even their own friends aren't really friends with anymore. Half the team has gone rogue and is like now on the run. And it's just like, yeah, how did they manage to save the world? Does everyone kind of gloss over the fact that they destroyed fucking Leipzig Airport? Yeah, because sometimes there's something so big 
yeah. you have to overlook your petty human differences <laughs> and come back together. But I mean, even that, the letter from Captain America at the end is like the foul safe, right? Yeah. Where he's just like, he look. Sends in the phone, he's like, yeah. no matter what, yeah, call me and I'll be there. Yeah, which we see him do, or we see oh, Stark yeah. do in Thingy, don't we? But we haven't got that far yet. Hashtag spoilers. Uh, I, yeah, my next note is on Howard Stark. So we're having to watch your parents get murdered by the guy standing next to you must be fucking horrific. That must that must suck, especially since you've only just made peace with the guy, yeah. you know, who you kind of spent the whole thing trying to the whole film trying to catch and imprison, and then you are kind of like, okay, no, yeah, and I it get, wasn't you. I get the emotional reaction of I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, but. At this point, when you've already kind of reckoned it with yourself that that's not him, that the yeah. version that's here now is not, not the, the guy, guy that did all this stuff we've seen. Would you still have that? I think it's Tony's... Who is it that says it? Um, Black Widow, right near the end, says, can you not let go of your ego for one fucking one yeah, fucking second? And I think I could uh, the initial rage response, I get that. But oh, then I get it. A few minutes into the fight, you 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 would calm down, especially yeah. after getting your ass beat. And you would be like, no, this is, this is wrong. I was wrong. This is not what we should be doing right now, but it's Tony fucking Stark. Yeah. And without his ego, I, I'm fair. I'm half convinced. Well, until the end of this film, I was half convinced that his suit was actually powered by his ego rather than the arc reactor. I like that bit right at the end of the fight where <laughs> Iron Man's beat mm. and Cap uh, is walking away with Winter Soldier. And he's like, that's not your shield. Yeah. My dad made that shield because that is a bruised ego. Yeah. That is a bruised ego. He, he's talking. a desperate, wounded man. At That's that point. the kid that didn't that, get yeah, his that, own that way is the kid. And takes his ball home. Yeah. Halfway through the game because, like, he didn't get his own way. He's, and he he, at that point, he's kind of regressed. He's he's fought as Iron Man. He's fought as Tony Stark, yeah. the, the billionaire genius philanthropist. At that point, he's been defeated, and, it's just and a, he's he's this hurt child, the vulnerable little kid. Yeah, and he's like, it. "No, that was my dad's. Give it back." Yeah. And Cap, pr- you know, props to Cap. He realizes, yeah, no, he's right. I do love the little touch as well of like the scratch marks because only yeah. vibranium can actually do anything. To yes, them. that is a nice touch. Yeah. Um, uh, I've said about Tony Stark lecturing people. Uh, you would really expect Howard Stark to have some kind of security or at least a tricked-out bulletproof car. Yeah. It's like, you know, you are... I mean, aside from just being massively rich and famous, you are also a key part of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point. You're working for the Pentagon, and all you have is a 90s Oldsmobile with blacked-out windows. Yeah. There's no fucking wonder someone tried to bump you off. I could have done that. Unless he thought he was incognito and he was just going to the airport, like... Being discreet, under yeah. Under the radar. Um... Targeting systems knackered, boss. Like, it doesn't get any more British than that. <laughs> knackered is a great word. The only way it gets more British than that is if it says targeting systems knackered, boss, in it. In it. In it, <laughs> bruv. Um, and here it is. We've seen the tension grow between Cap and Iron Man through the, all the Avengers films. Yes. And now they finally come to blows. Yeah. And that last fight scene between the two of them, it just doesn't foul to no. kind of... I mean, the, the whole fight want. scene from the moment he, he lashes out oh, yeah. at Bucky is something. But then, obviously, he blows Bucky's arm off with his Guyver chest cannon. Um, no one will get that reference. Um, 
Yeah, and then it's just the pair of them slugging Once it out. Once Bucky's down and out, and it is just them. It's just Cap versus Iron Man. Like, I don't think they could have got that any better. That, no. Just that fight between them two, which has been building for this whole time, finally comes to fruition. And you're just like, I am satisfied. By yeah. That, we, by we've spoken that. about emotionally charged fights before. Yeah. Uh, particularly in Winter Soldier yeah. with the Buck and Cappy, uh, Buck and Cappy, Bucky and Cap fight. Um, but this one, it, it's in a league of its own for yeah. for you know just brutal <laughs> slog fests yeah. because you know by the end of it they are literally Friday screaming you can't beat him hand to hand. It's like yeah, and then they just go and pummel the shit out of each other. And that moment where Cap's there and he's slammed the helmet off, and you can see Tony thinks, oh God, he's going to kill yeah. me. And he brings it crashing down, but into the arc reactor. And it's like, yeah, that at that moment, moment... In that moment, you're just like, oh, it does still love him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think Tony has probably has it, which, again, probably plays into it, because he knows Cap could have, could have, and could have killed him. Killed him yeah, he could have yeah. finished him off there and then and full on decapitated him. But he doesn't. He just immobilises him, which is all he's tried to do with the other Avengers that he's fought from the start of yeah. this film. It's just tried to get them to stop doing what they're doing. Yeah. He didn't want to hurt or kill anyone. And again, I think that bruises Stark's ego oh, even course, further. Yeah, because he, he would have lost, but Cap didn't even want to beat him. Cap didn't want to, yeah, didn't want to hurt him. Oh, one last night. Yeah, oh, I've got a couple, but yeah. I can do this all day. Yeah. That, I was like, yes. <laughs> I, I am right in thinking that's not the only time we hear that line. That line comes back again, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, when he's fighting in Endgame or Infinity yeah, War. Yeah, in Infinity War, when he fights himself. Yeah. And the younger version of him pops up and says, I could do this all day. And he's like, oh, God, oh, really? Yeah. Um, he's my friend. So was I. Yeah. I remember seeing that in a trailer for it. And I was like, I am sold on this film. Yeah. Just that, I am sold. Um, that's how our friendship will end. A super-powered <laughs> emotional fight in a cinematic location. Who will you be defending there? Or will you be trying oh, no, to... I'm not, I'm, I don't think it will be like defending anyone or anything like <laughs> that. We'll just finally snap. And somehow would have got superpowers or mech suits or something. I was going to say, are you, are you finally going to defend Amy from me? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how, that's, that's how that it will end, how I think. Yeah. yeah, me too. Um, this film leaves you with the feeling that Zemo won. The Avengers are broken. Steve and Tony are at each other's throats. Rhodey is paralysed. Half the team are now criminals on the run. And the, uh, the Sokovia Accords uh, tie the hands yeah. of the... the, the Good guy Avengers, the UN Avengers. But then, in the way of comic books, it all kind of gets smoothed Reset. out by the next Avengers film. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know there's stuff that happens in between there. There are other films that fill in the blanks and, and kind of do other yeah. bits. But by the time of um, Endgame, it's not forgotten, but they all kind of, like, it is, a way, in a way, it is officially forgotten because... Yeah. Realistically, fuck, when fuck, yeah, fuck, when fuck, when fuck. Sam and Clint and fucking Scott Lang appear, I mean, Ant Man has another film. Yeah. Before then, um, they should all realistically, as soon as they reappear, get arrested. I mean, unless Hank Pym plays a hand in in helping them, because yeah. I assume that's how Scott avoids being rearrested. Yeah. And gets to continue seeing his daughter. Well, is, Hank he, must do something. He comes. In Endgame, because he's not in Infinity War, he comes in in Endgame. Yes. And he comes out of the Quantum Zone. Yes, which he ends up in at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp. I haven't seen Ant-Man and Wasp. Oh, that's so, where he ends up. 
I assume that because yeah. he comes out then. So maybe that's him. He's been there this entire time. So no one's arrested. No, him. because no he has a whole other film. Ant Man and Wasp takes that. place no. where they do a whole bunch of shit. And realistically, as soon as he appeared and started getting picked up by, well, it's not Shield anymore. It's Pseudo Shield. Yeah. Um, Joint Task Force or whatever the hell they they, they call them these days. He would have been picked up and should have been arrested, but I'm assuming Hank Pym greases some palms or something course, and uses yeah. some of his fortune to get him out of it. Okay. Uh, Tony Stank. <laughs> Not only is it a real good Stanley cameo, yeah, but Tony Stank. Yeah. Tony Stank. Uh, the mid the mid credit scene is basically a trailer for Black Panther. Yes. It's, I mean, the fact that it just ends on the, the on shot of the big Black Panther, you're like, okay. Which you never see in Black Panther. No, it's yeah. never featured. And that place that Suri works yeah. in Black Panther looks like the view <laughs> it is looks not out. that view. No. <laughs> uh, the end credit scene is obviously a trailer yeah, for the next Spider-Man, Spider-Man film. film yeah. With the little projection thing. And, oh, yeah, okay. These end credit scenes aren't really... The early ones, it was like... the story along. Yeah, they were kind of giving you a sneak peek of what was coming and people got excited because, oh, this is going to be the next villain. This is the next hero. Oh, that's this guy. These ones are just like, yeah, you've already met them, but they've got their own films. Go and watch them. Well, the Black Panther one is a trailer for Black Panther, but it also... It sets up... Where Bucky is. Where Bucky is until they bring him out of... Yeah, and why, when he appears in Endgame... He's he can be relied or uh, is it Endgame or Infinity War? One of the two. One of the two. Yeah, the first one of the two. I can't remember which around Infinity War. Infinity War. When they bring him out, End Game. Oh yeah, no, I suppose that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, but Infinity War. It isn't a war because the big war takes place in Endgame, and it's like uh, no. Um, When they bring him out for Infinity War, it makes sense why everyone suddenly trusts him because the Wakandans have used vibranium to fix his brain. Yeah. Oh, they hand a wizard did it. It's got vibranium. It's got a vibranium. <laughs> but um, yeah, have you got a score? Uh, I have one more note okay. that this is bad. It's a Captain America film, but it's actually an Avengers film, yeah. which is yeah annoys me a little bit. <laughs> it's like I want more cap in my cap films. Uh, I think coming. Look, I just want a video diary of Captain America going about being Captain America. I would have preferred another. Captain America film, yeah, and then this, this for another Avengers with Avengers Civil yes. War, rather than and then, but we actually got a third when, Captain America. When film. you said we were doing Civil War, and I started doing my research for this, yeah. I was googling Avengers Civil War, oh, really, yeah, and it brings up all the same stuff as googling Captain America Civil yeah. War because it's basically the same thing. Uh, I have a score for this film, and it is eight point five. I'm giving it an eight. I, I do believe. If there was slightly less action in the first act and a bit more levity, yeah, this film would have got like a 9, 9.5 because it is an incredible film. I just feel... I feel like the balance of grim, gritty, and yeah. that Marvel-style humour that we've come to love over 12 films is largely absent it kind of get it the balance isn't quite there in the first or the third act yeah the second act yes perfect but the first and the third could have done with sprinkling the spider-man a, sprinkling a little the more Batman, of that yeah and then slightly less action in the beginning yeah it's two it, and it, a half hour film yeah like it could there, be there should be enough space for everything yeah 
but there's I feel it's too action heavy up front that you don't get enough space for the balance. Also, it's two and a half hours. It is two and a half hours. They were they were they were training people oh, for, for Infinity War yeah. and Endgame because they are both. Well, this is longer than Infinity War. I think is Infinity that... War is like two hours twenty. Oh, really? This is ten minutes longer. Yeah, no, this is like just two hours thirty-one or something ridiculous like that. Yeah which I did groan at when I put it on last night yes, because, as right. I said at the beginning, I was very tired. Yeah. And I was like, oh, two and a half hours. But by the time I got to the end of it, I was awake anyway. Oh, 16.5, that's 16.5, that's, that's pretty fucking high. If it had more if it had more cap or more Ant-Man, it probably it would be a nine for me. It's it's a very... it's This is actually an 8.5.9 sort okay. of thing. It's it's a very close... Or 8.9, sorry. I Yeah, I... But we don't we don't grade our scores that finely. <laughs> I, yeah, I just feel that. I feel it's a bit, as I said, too action heavy in the beginning. Yeah, not, not enough of Spider Man and Ant Man to kind of not. There's too much tension as well sometimes. Yeah, it's neither. After a while, you're like, oh, just tell me a joke. Like, and there, as we go through this, that we're going to hit films where I'm like, there are too many jokes. Too many jokes. Give me some more story. Yeah, but this is one of the few in the MCU where I'm like, you could have thrown it's, a few more jokes. It's awkwardly, because, like I said, it's it's badged as Captain America, but it's actually an Avengers film. It tries to carry on in the vein of Captain America. Winter Soldier. Like we said, that was a war thriller. Yeah. But it also tries to get Avengers elements in there, but it kind of takes too many of the wrong elements from like, Avengers. I mean, you don't even need to sprinkle a man or Spider-Man in Act, <laughs> act 1 or Act 3. Tony Stark is there. Tony Stark is there, but Tony Stark is not the Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's this disgruntled, hungover, grumpy Tony Stark who doesn't he doesn't have that wit. He's no. very sharp in the other films even when he's hungover or injured yeah. or grumpy. But in this he doesn't. He's just not Tony Stark. I think maybe if the He's film... Tony Stank. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. We need Stark, not Stank. I think if Ant-Man had been in it early in the film. Yeah. Like if they'd had to go get him. He could have filled that role. He could have been the in one. A way. Like, yeah, he could have, in all them really tense scenes when they're arguing with each other or when they're like, yeah. New York, Washington, <laughs> doing the meme scene. Yeah. The meme scene. Like, he could have been the one there to just, one line here, one line there, just pop that tension bubble yeah. and let it build again because it gets to a certain point of, like, bursting and then just sits there for, like... They just continue A it. long time. Yeah. A long time. And after a while, you're like, oh, give me a joke. Can we stop now? <laughs> Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. We can do this all day, but not today because it's too hot.